Hello, everybody. Greetings. Good day. Good evening. Good afternoon. Um, sorry for my tardiness, but it was Telegram's fault. It was not letting me start the video for some reason. That's why I couldn't put a schedule thing in before because it wouldn't wouldn't let me do it. Um, no idea why. But hey ho, we're here now. Uh, I'm just trying to find. We're trying to load the chat up so I can see what number we're on, but I've no idea. It's four. I'm gonna guess four twenty. Let's go, Bray. Let's say four twenty. Um, I may be wrong, but I'm not lying. So, yeah. So today we've got Sean on. Um, you should all know Sean. He's been around forever. Um, if you don't know him, then go and find him out, and you will know him after today. And that's the whole point of these things. So, uh, Sean, I can see you here. So just when you're ready, just click the join thing and turn your camera on and whatnot. So hope everyone's having a good a good week. Um I have been building a greenhouse which meant I had to knock my barbecue over um because I have a brick barbecue because I'm not so homosexual. Uh my barbecue place so now I've got to rebuild my barbecue somewhere else. So no well done steaks for me for a while. Hello, sir. Hey, hey, how's it going? How's it going? <laughs> Sorry to interrupt. Keep going. No, no. <laughs> Build the barbecue like a man. I like it. Exactly. No, I'm not. I, right. I get. I get the ease of like buying a barbecue rather than building it. If you're gonna use a gas barbecue, if you're gonna like hook it up to a, a cylinder, just just use your oven. Like, there's no difference. <laughs> that takes away like the whole thing of barbecue. Barbecue should be over a fire and coal and. It should taste a little bit like crap, and that's the whole point of <laughs> the barbecue. A little crappy around the edges. That's that's exactly. like the heartbeat taste to it. That's like the burning the meat, you know, like <laughs> like grill dad, real serious about grilling, and then finally like gets to the table, and you're like, yeah, it's ninety five percent perfect, and then there's like a little bit of trash all around on the on the edges, you know. Exactly, and if, like if, a, you drop, if you haven't dropped if you haven't dropped the burger in the coal. If there's not a little bit of ash on the burger that you've dropped yeah. through and then hope no one's seen you, so you pull it back out again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a, something I need to get into is grilling. I've never really been like a grill man. I cook. Right. So I like cook in the oven. I cook on like the skillet and stuff, but I've never like been like an open flame griller. So that's right. dope you're doing. Is that, well, that's what you, that's, that's what you're, you have now? I Just do like it. Asking. Well, yeah, I mean, I... I it's hard in England because we don't have the weather. We don't have like barbecue and weather. So I'll probably do it like for about 10 times during the summer and that's it. Because the rest of the time it's just, a, you know, you can't you can't do it. By the time you've got it going and stuff, it starts raining. And then, it, yeah. you know, everyone wants to go inside and it's no fun for anyone anymore. And I'm just stood out there with a beer in the rain and miserable. <laughs> and... <laughs> like a real man, though. That's like exactly. manly. There, yeah. Exactly. But, Leave me alone, yeah. honey. <laughs> I'm yeah. doing man stuff. <laughs> like miserable holding a beer. <laughs> right. I want your opinion on something actually while well, I got you on. Because yeah. I always turn my cap around, right? So this sticker here. Do you leave on or do you take off? Because I know it's a, a bit controversial. You know when you have these Yeah, you have these like oh, shiny yeah. sticker things. Yeah, take so them you... off. This is my new this is my new hat. It's a it's my favorite hat. Mm -hmm. <laughs> 
I figured I'd wear it for this stream because uh, cameraman, you know, kind of made the joke. It's yeah, uh, it's, a, <laughs> it's my favorite letter, you know. I don't know. It might be backwards. It's backwards on my screen, but uh, yeah. I That's so I get, I get it's what. That's the beauty of the end. You can always you can always see what it is. You can always see him coming. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Not at night though. Sometimes it's hard no, to see at night. But I got this. It's like the Nashville uh, minor league baseball team hat. So I was like, oh, okay, I, right. like, I, I have like a you know few hats. I don't really wear them, but I'm like, I'll get one of like the local hats, you know. And then yeah, so I get it, and it has like stickers on it, and I'm just like, a, I'm gonna rip it off right away, kind of guy. End thing to do is to leave the stickers on. <laughs> well, that's, that's it, right? So I exactly that's that's not, it's like having those tags still on your trainers. Do you mean when you have the 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 little things on the latches and they, they stick out on from your shoelaces and stuff? That's a, that's an end thing to do. But over here, a lot of people leave them on, right? So it it shows that it's not from China because because you've got that on, you've paid full price. Oh right. So people leave oh. them on. Um, yeah. But I, yeah, I, I think it is a thing in America where you no, you don't do that. <laughs> That's why I think we're backwards. I just think I don't, I don't want to stoke any flames. <laughs> yeah, it's a very end thing to do. Like leave the stickers on and like tags. Like you'll see people with like shirts with like their price tags and stuff. You know. What is that? I actually, think that might be. That might be. I haven't really seen that in a few years, but definitely like when I was in college, um, mm. I went to college, and dropped out. But my first year, I lived in the, the all-black dorm. It was, like, so hilarious. Like, I was, like, me, like, a, like a bunch of kind of mixed kids or, like, kind of mixed-race kids. And there was four – I was one of four white kids out of, like, right. 200. Right. <laughs> On, like, the two floors of – two the top two floors of our dorm. So it was kind of the joke. It was, like, yeah, like, all these, you know, it's just ends. And then, like, the goofy white kid. And I like smoked weed, so like they loved me because I would like roll blunts and like play video games with them and stuff. But uh, I definitely noticed that's like I, I noticed all these like little funny things that they would do that I just was like so ignorant of. And even like Chicago, so it's like very like very city dweller gangster culture Chicago, right. end, you know. And they would do that. And I always thought it was so silly, but it's like for them, it's like a status thing. Like it's right, almost okay. like looking like 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 what you're saying too. It's like this is real. Yeah. It's not knocked yeah. off. And also like here's the price, just so you know. You know, here's how much I spent on. Here's how much of my drug money <laughs> I spent on the not knockoff stuff. You know, and I just thought it was so funny because like as a goofy white kid, I'm just like I yeah, just take the sticker off. It looks goofy. You know, <laughs> I want the hat. I don't want the status. You know, but well, I think yeah, white I'm people they've um, they've stole it. Do you know what I mean? It's just come straight out of the shop and they haven't taken the, the tags yeah. off yet. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, that's probably most leaving, of it. Is leaving the security <laughs> tag on also a, a B thing to do? Yeah, 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 yeah. The security tag still because they don't want to like get the ink that happens when you try to break it off or whatever. I but I think white people do the same thing with uh. Sorry. No, so I had to break one off. I bought a, a jacket the other day and it's I got it home and it still had the thing on, so I had to break it off myself. <laughs> Yeah. Luckily, it wasn't an ink one. It was just one of them magnetic ones, so it was easy enough to do. It made, like, I put a little hole in my jacket, but it doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, better than like a big blue stain. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think white people do the same thing. It's just less. Uh, it's more subtly. You know, it's like we have like the brands, like the little polo mm -hmm. logos mm -hmm. and stuff. It's like, 
here's my status and my expensive brand or whatever. And then black people are like, no, here's the price. I'm going to show it to you right here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. With a laminated receipt. <laughs> they look to see I did pay for yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're carrying around <laughs> the <Yeah>. receipt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like the uh, the Carl Brown thing, right? You know, let me see the receipt for that bicycle, young blood. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, exactly. Oh, I don't have a receipt, Carl Brown. <laughs> that's the, that's yeah. the thing, though, with the, with the you're right about that with the whites because it, it is a kind of um, it's almost like the more subtle the brand, the more like prestige it holds because it's kind of like you've got to be in the know to know what that brand is. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. you've got to know what that crocodile is, or you've got to know what that whatever yeah. is. There's no way, and I mean, you know, there's no way anything's worth anything. But four, four grand for shoes, there's no way you'd ever get. You know what I mean? You can't. You could never ever justify it. So it is just like brands for retarded rich people. But there's a lot of them. Around. There's a, it's the same with like the footballers and you know all the sports stars and stuff. And they're all wearing these ridiculous. And they look stupid in most of them. I mean, they're wearing ridiculous yeah. clothes. But they'll be like, you know, the jacket will be ten grand and the pants will be four grand and stuff. Like, I mean, that's the company you need to have. You need to have the company that sells clothes to retards. <laughs> Functional retards, yeah. though. You know, not the, <laughs> not the actual ones, like the, you know, the ones that actually. No, have I don't think got <laughs> Not the ones that are like are physically impaired, but like actually have love in their hearts. <laughs> the retards who've sold their souls for fancy pants, yeah. Those, that's the market, yeah. But it, it must get <laughs> to the point where you, you kind of you need something to spend your money on when you've got that much money. I mean, I, I know your your sports stars are on like ridiculous money, and it's it's the same over here with the footballers and stuff. I mean, they're on you know millions and millions and millions of pounds a year. So once yeah. you've got your house and you've got your car and you've got your second house and stuff, then yeah, four grand for a pair of shoes isn't a lot because you've you've yeah. you've earned that by the time you got to training that day. So that it must just get to that point where you just say, like, I don't know what to do with it. Yeah. I mean, it's a good we problem talking... to have. But... Yeah. <laughs> if you're going to have problems in life, that's a good one to have yeah. for sure. It's an easy one to have. Maybe not a good one, but uh, a comfortable one to have. Yeah, yeah we were talking about that because, like, so I'm a landscaper, a landscape company, but we work alongside, like, um, actual, like, construction companies and developers, um, kind of with them and around them and stuff. And so we're being contracted out by this company who's actually like a pretty based Christian company. Um, right. We work with different companies, but so I really like when we work with this specific one. Um, and when I was talking to like the foreman on the site and we were talking about this, we were like talking about, man, when I see these people, you know, cause we're working at this house where she, this lady's just buying like $20,000 slabs of granite for her like kitchen countertop, you know? Yeah. And I'm just like, man, it'd be, it'd be kind of nice to just have that much money where you just are like, I'll spend someone's yearly salary on my counter. <laughs> you know, with that same concept. You know? So then we, you know, at the same time, like kind of in this conversation, we're like, yeah, that'd be nice. But also, like, do you want to like live like that? You know, is that gonna be, is that worthwhile life or whatever? If that's your problem, is what kind of twenty thousand dollar, what what shade of color twenty thousand dollar countertops am I gonna get? Mm -hmm. But he made a comment of like, I guess Conor McGregor bought like some Lamborghini boat or something, you know? And he's just right. like, yeah, of course, that's like some like $3 million boat or something. And mm -hmm. he's like, you could have bought like the same boat. <laughs> like people buy those boats, you know, like the mm -hmm. same function floats, you know, kind of does the same stuff as this Lamborghini boat, maybe yeah. a little not as fast or something. 
for, you know, tens of thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands. And so it's kind of like, yeah, like when you get to the point where you're like some guy like Conor McGregor and you just like your bank account is like $300 million or something, mm -hmm. like what do you do other than buy stupid things like that? Exactly. Like there, you really just, are you just going to sit there and do nothing? We all waste money. It's just, it's just everything's relative. Do you know what I mean? I mean, to yeah. The, yeah. The, yeah. the homeless man, my life is excessive. Do you know what I mean? It's, exactly. I'll yeah. waste money yeah. on crap I don't need and, you know, all that. Um, but obviously it's, it's then amplified, but it's, Again, it's all relative. He's still got more money in the bank than I have. Andy's got a Lamborghini boat. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was saying, I was like, you know, because we live in like the area of Nashville. That's like, so that's where we're working. It's like this really rich part, you know? And it's yeah. like, you see cars driving down the street that are just like $100,000. And I'm just mm -hmm. like, yeah, every time I see that, I'm just like, man, I would have bought 20 acres with that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like some people see car, like fancy car mm -hmm. and static. I'm like, man, there's so much potential that you could be, you know, so sometimes I think like when you don't have the money, you think of more like practical things or like actually like useful yeah, things, yeah. you know, like us, like especially bears would be like, man, I could buy so much land. I could build, <laughs> you know, I could build like a, 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 so many chicken coops. <laughs> like we're thinking of more like practical things we could buy and like how, how much we could set up our children to like have generational wealth to be transferring down. And I think people, like, when you actually get there in the moment, like, it's in your bank mm -hmm. account, I think just defaults to, like, yeah, I'm just going to waste it on, like, <laughs> $20,000 countertops or $3 million boat that I use twice a year or something, you know? So it's kind of almost easy, I think, when you're on the outside looking in to say, man, yeah, I definitely. would do something good with yeah. that. But when you're there, it's probably too easy to not do that and waste it on stupid stuff. It's like when you, you, you get your first job and so, I mean, when you, you – when you're a kid and you get that first job and you get your, it seems like you've you've just earned so much money, and you're like very because you're up until then you you like your concept of money is like pocket money and buying sweets, so suddenly you get a job and someone pays you like twenty, thirty, fifty pounds, whatever, you're like you know, and I get this again next week and the week after this is fucking amazing, and you think of all these things you're gonna do and you don't, you never do any anything, kind of halfway useful with it you just go out and and then you discover drinking and then it's all gone before you've even earned it yeah yeah but... one of much smaller scale that's something in the last like six months i've been struggling with because like you know i'm not gonna say I've, i say my testimony all the time you can go to my channel and hear it and hear me talk about it and stuff or you've heard me say it on the bear channel mm -hmm. but the long story short is like i wasn't a christian until i was 28 mm -hmm. and and that was like three and a half years ago. So I've been on this journey now of like this radically transformed life and becoming a Christian with no family or friends in it. So I've been mm -hmm. kind of bouncing around churches and also like I'm in debt. I mean, I didn't have God in my life for 28 years. So I'm kind of mm -hmm. recovering. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I had to like get sober. I had to overcome a bunch of bad habits. You know, I'm like, I'm still in debt. I'm still paying off like all this I had. Um, and I finally found a church like about six months ago and I'm joining it. I'm becoming a member. I'm like really making friends there and it's just all around amazing. But mm -hmm. I've been having this like confliction of like tithing, right? Like not giving money. Mm -hmm. And I've been like justifying it to myself, just being like, well, I'm in debt. This isn't really my church yet. You know? And so mm -hmm. I just don't ever give money like by default. Like it just hasn't crossed my mind. But then at some point, like is actually that Ramsey. I don't know if you know Dave Ramsey guy. He's no. kind of like a American. He actually is in Nashville and people here really like him, but right. Christians like him too. And his big thing is like no debt. 
his whole thing is like get out of debt, no credit cards. He's like a financial advisor and he's kind of like on mm-hmm. clips on YouTube and stuff. But he, so as much as he like will tell people like sell your car, drive like a trash car, you, you know, you stop being stupid and buying a, a flashy status car, stop going out to eat, buy rice and beans, you know, suffer mm-hmm. through it. You're in debt. You got to get your life in order. So as much as he's like strict and like to an extreme, he also mm-hmm. really makes this crucial point of like, you have to give to like 10%, mm-hmm. like you have to be giving 10%. And he kind of says it as like a Christian kind of thing, but it's not necessarily that, you know, but he's just kind of like, you need to be giving to charity. You need to be giving back to like people that aren't yourself, you know? So like mm-hmm. 10% of your income needs to go to a savings and 10% needs to be like getting, like going out, like giving sacrificially to someone that's not yourself. Right. So that also mixed with like some friends that we're talking about this in my church. I've just recently just been like, you know what, I'm going to start giving, you know, 10% of my income to the mm-hmm. church. And ever since it's been like this, like, just like, and it's not like prosperity gospel thing where it's like, oh, the more money you give, the more blessings you'll get. But like, mm-hmm. there is truth to that too. Cause like, right. I do feel like more connected. I do feel like I'm being a part of this church. I'm not just like sucking out of the church. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like I'm taking the church. It's like this genuine authentic feeling of like, I'm giving to them, they're giving to me. And now this relationship is so much like more beautiful, more healthy, you know, like that it's mutual. And so I just kind of put off this in this selfish way. I'm like, oh, well, I'm poor. Well, I'm working class. I don't have that Mm -hmm. much money. Let the rich people tithe, you know? You don't really need to tithe, do you, you know? Um, There's probably some good arguments for whatever. You should be giving more, you should be giving less. You don't have to, you really have to. you're never going to win. You know, you're never going to, there'll always be someone with, you know, I know best and this is what you should be doing. Um, I think you've yeah. just got to do what's right for you and your situation. Because <laughs> obviously, the, ultimately, the, the, the getting out of debt thing is the most important kind of immediate thing. Because obviously, the more you, the, the longer you're in debt, the more interest you're going to be paying and the more money is going to, you know, if you could, if you could fast forward 10 years. And you say, right, this is my life and I'm still in debt in 10 years. This is my life and I'm out of debt in 10 years. You're going to have more money being out of debt. So then you can yeah. do more You can do more with it. Do you know what I mean? So the, it's, the, the key is always to, to kind of get out of debt. But I think anyway, it's to, to get out of debt first. Um, but yeah, if you can as, as well, then get into the habit of, well, no, that this bit isn't for me. Then that, yeah. you know, that's, that's a great kind of habit to get into. Um and just living for not your hard times or whatever. What's that? Sorry. Well, just a quick, just a quick point. Sorry, I keep interrupting you, but like, no, no, no. you know, it's, it's, it's like, it's like everything I do isn't about myself. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously if you're like, like married or you have children, like mm-hmm. it's easier to have that mindset, but yeah. as like a young man, like a working man, it's like, well, this is my money. I earned it. Mm-hmm. I need to spend it myself, you know, mm-hmm. I'm in your, you make excuses. I'm in debt or I could be doing, you know, I could be saving up to invest in land or I could be, mm-hmm. you know, I'm trying to buy a truck right now. So it's like, oh, well, I could mm-hmm. be buying a truck, not with car payments if I save up money for myself, but yeah. just letting go. I mean, even 10% now, like mm-hmm. kind of seems small, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and it's like, it really is this freeing thing of like all of what I do, my work and my energy, like it doesn't have to be concentrated on just me. And I yeah, do exactly. think it is like powerful giving it back out, like just being like almost even just 10% being sacrificial of like, this is going to someone and I don't have control over it. I don't have say over it. It's not like I have leverage over someone because of it. It's just like, here you are and you're going to do whatever you think is best for it. 
and it's a church that I like kind of vetted and is pretty based and yeah, pretty legit. Yeah. Doing the stuff that no one talks about where like they actually do grow food and like give it away to homeless and they actually mm-hmm. are missionary minded and service minded and just based. <laughs> mm-hmm. They're based. They don't get they're caught up in the weeds. They talk about like primary issues and secondary and third issues and stuff. So just all around, it's like, okay, I just, I'm at the point where I trust these people and I don't need strings attached. I don't need promises or guarantees. I know it's going to go to the right place, you know? And it's just so freeing. Like, even if it's not a church, like giving to someone else, someone or something else, you know, and not having like 100% of you being focused on you, having at least 10% giving out to someone else without, you know, in a, sac- in a truly sacrificial way. Mm-hmm. No, 100%, 100%. I mean, it, I, like you said with the church, you feel more invested with it as well. Do you mean you feel more like it, you, you're you're part of it, like you you know a small part or whatever? But you kind of like Owen says with the bears and stuff, you know. So some some bears super chat, some bears send silver, some bears produce things for him, some bears are just good for the community or whatever. It doesn't matter what you do, but it's it's giving up your time, giving up your your skills, whatever it is, to, to help other people. And if it's financial, it's yeah. financial. Um, obviously, with something like the church, do you know what I mean? Like, doing anchor bear type things probably isn't going to help. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's not going to help the church. <laughs> or, or yeah. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, you're obviously limited on, on how you can help. I mean, I don't know if your church has merch or whatever, but <laughs> do you know what I mean? You're limited on, yeah. like, what you can do. I have, I have yeah, a I mean, like maybe a podcast or something, you know. <laughs> well, that's favorite. I mean, that's that's something you you know maybe they'd, they'd be interested in you know, to to get younger people on board to get you know whatever. I mean, what's the, what's the demographic like in the church? Is it is it kind of mixed or is, are you like the youngest one there? So that's the beast. So I've been church hopping. I had a girlfriend who recently broke up, and she you know is a different denomination than me. So I started going to her kind of churches. Uh, church hop to different friends' churches and just never felt like everything was just something's off, something's not right. It doesn't feel right, either like egregious, <laughs> where you're like, dude, there's no way I can stay, keep going here, <laughs> or just things where it's like, I just don't belong here. Like, we go to mm-hmm. some churches and it would be like really old, you know, where mm-hmm. to the point where it's like the next youngest person besides me is like maybe 40, <laughs> you know, maybe 10 or 15 years older than me. Which is fine. It's like, if you're old, great. That's a great church for you. Then there's like churches with, you know, my Bible study people go to these churches where it's like everyone is like 30 and under. And you look around and there's like no older people. And even that's bad. Like, even though that's my group, my demographic, it's like, there's no elders here. There's no older people pouring wisdom down to us. There's no real guidance in the church body, like the church itself, you know? It's just a bunch of 30-year-old like Instagram influencers kind of, calling the shot You're like oh i think this will be cool let's do it <laughs> it was like not really like a healthy structure you know and we've kind of just been bouncing around and this one is just perfect like day one the two things like the first day because i went because a friend started going to this church you know so i was like okay we'll check this one out he's going there i trust him we go and like the first day they talk about a they have a garden like a legit real like like they have 30 acres, 20 acres of it is like a legit garden and they give 100% away of like of the food away to various like charity groups, actual like homeless, like outreach places, not just like scam charities. Yeah. Um, and then they also made this announcement that like, I guess for, you know, leading up to the day I went for about a month and a half, they were like raising money because on that, on that land, they're going to be building a new church in the future. 
because the building right. they're at right now is like run down and they're renting it. Right. So they're like, we're going to build this church and we're going to, we need like 1.2 million, you know? And I'm like, that's a, that's a good church, you know, but in Nashville, it's kind of cheap. It's kind of on the smaller and on the cheaper end in Nashville, right. you know? But they made this announcement. They were like, well, we raised $3 million, you know? And so they were like, we're, we raised 3 million. We only need 1.2. So the rest of that we're giving back. The rest of that we're literally, we're giving to other churches in need. We're giving to this charity, this charity, this charity. And they like, you can go and actually access and see your funds, like moving and shaking, you know? Yeah, and I just thought like those two things, like on my first visit, I'm like, dude, it's so perfect. You know, <laughs> it was like, I mean, ideology almost like it's, it, it is a primary concern, but it's almost like seeing those two things. You're just like, dude, these people are doing things right, you know, uh -huh. compared to other places. And then just looking around like the church body itself, it's such a beautiful mix of old and young, you know, that's a little bit diverse. The income group is like, it, it's very, you know, like, which can be a thing in Nashville. There's like the poor people churches, then there's the rich people churches. There's the white rich churches, then there's the white right. poor churches. There's the Hispanic churches, the black church, you know, it's very, it can be very like segregated like that. Mm -hmm. And this church is just truly like an authentic blend of all like, there's farmers that like legit working class people all over. There's also like rich people, you know, that are wearing like those $4,000 <laughs> sneakers, you know, yeah, so it's just this beautiful, know. healthy mix. And then the final thing was that there's babies. There's like pregnant women all around. There's kids, there's babies, you know, right. and I'm just like, dude, this church has like fruit, you know, this church is like doing everything right. And then of course, and then after that, I'm like, okay, now I have to look into like their theology and their preaching. And it's just like base, mm -hmm. base, base, biblical, biblical, biblical. Sorry about it. We're not going to bend on <laughs> these issues, you know, these important issues. Like, and then I just also too, like as, as strict as they can be about like core issues, I call them like, like first, like primary issues, uh -huh. which is like the important theology, right? Just like basically what does the Bible say? And we're not going to deviate from that. And then they just have like this whole like secondary issues, that's like, you know what, we can dis we can agree to disagree on that. You can still mm -hmm. come here. We can still be a, a church body if you, you know, there's big debates about like infant baptism, you know, and that right. can like divide and split a church. They're like, you know what, if you want your baby to be baptized, we'll baptize the baby. Uh -huh. <laughs> we, you know, we don't like, we're not going to sit here and say we support it. We're not against it. To us, that's like a secondary issue. We're not going to like divide our church based on that kind of stuff, you know. And there's like politics where it's like, dude, look, like everyone here is pretty much Trump kind of minded people, but like, we're not going to kick you out if you're not, you know? Yeah. So it's like that healthy divide of like, these are the core issues. Like, what does the Bible say? We're not going to deviate from that. We're not going to let that cause division here. Like, we're not just going to let a female pastor take over, you know, just to appease people. Yeah. Like there's certain things we will put our foot down on, but then there's a bunch of other like secondary and third concerns that are just like, eh, whatever, you know? So just like everything about it is just so perfect. Yeah. <laughs> so if you're ever in Nashville, I have the church for you. It's uh, pretty based. <laughs> I think with that as well, it sounds like it's got a, quite a good future because it, you, again, with the demographics, if it's if it's ninety percent kind of older people, at some point they're not going to be there, you know. So then, where's the next generation? And then the same with the younger <laughs> one. If it's too young, they, you know, they might get bored. They might get distracted they might you know they, they, they start raising their own families and then they can't do it anymore or whatever whatever the reasons are and they stop coming so again you're in this kind of crossroads so if you've got the, the broad demographic and the plan for the future already it sounds like it's you know they're in for the long goal they're not just kind of like 
going to be changing every three weeks who's there. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. The last point that's really funny, too, about this church is everyone's really tall. Right. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm like, a, I always say I'm 5'11". I'm like, maybe, like, not really six foot. Sometimes it's easier just to say that. I tell right. people I'm 5'11", and then they, like, it almost, like, starts an argument. They're like, you're not 5'11". You're six foot. It's like, mm-hmm. okay. <laughs> I don't care. I'll, I'll take an extra inch, you know? So I'm like that. I'm like very, you know, I guess, I guess that's above average, but I feel like to me, my whole life, I felt like that's really average. Uh-huh. But like when I look at this church, like the young men and like the the fathers of this church, I literally am like looking up. Like everyone is like six, four, six, three. So it's kind of the first time I've ever been in a church. Where I'm like, dude, everyone is so tall. Like what's going on? Like I'm not used to this. I'm usually used to both up and down, like a mixed, you know? So it's kind of funny. It's almost like it, like it checks all the boxes for the bears, especially like the heights of the kind of box, yeah. you know, which is rare to find like. <laughs> yeah. what, what you, of... have you got talking to sort of people from the you know what I mean have you have you kind of seen them outside the church and stuff of the people you know been introduced to any of the families or anything yeah yeah I'm becoming an usher there so I'm really learning a lot of I'm getting to know a lot of faces and a lot of names and yeah. stuff um talking with a lot of people the thing is like I'm actually in this other bible study with like my friends and couple people from that Bible study, like young kids in their 20s, you know, started going there. So it just mm-hmm. has become like, like tidal wave of like, everyone now is just bringing us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so one by one, my Bible study has started going to this church. So now we're at the point where it's like maybe 15 of us from this Bible study who already like really knew each other are now going to this church too. And then all of us are kind of making friends and branching off and making connections kind of in different areas of the church you know the the girls over here the guys over here the younger men with the older men and stuff so um we've kind of been like in just in like the last five months kind of almost taken over this church (laughs) 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 and really gotten to know everyone you know no it sounds good especially if you if you are if you're already kind of forming your little cliques and you're forming your little do you mean that it's a it's a positive thing because you you know that'll carry on outside you know once you once you leave church you'll carry on outside right yeah, no, that sounds awesome. Yeah. So, just for people who um, just people who don't know, obviously, the, you know, you, you you said was it twenty eight that you you kind of found faith or or, or whatever, and then so yeah. firstly, kind of ha- sort of as much as you want to share how how that came about, and and secondly, sort of what are the changes that you've not you know what I mean? How how's it changed your life? I mean, yeah. I know it's a big question, but <laughs> oh no, no. Not for me. Not for me. Some people don't like that. I, I love it. I, uh, it's a conversation starter. It's a, it's a gospel conversation starter, right? Mm-hmm. Well, basically, like, I was born and raised. Actually, I'm, I'm born and raised in Illinois um, in a college town. So, like, and my parents are super liberal, super atheist. Then by the time I was, like, in, like, high school age, my entire family moved out to California. Like, mom's side, dad's side, cousins, aunts, uncles, like, everyone. To the point where there's only a few people left, like, in the Midwest. So I turn 18 and I'm like, oh, cool, fun, dope. I'm going to move out to California with my family and party. <laughs> so I did that. So I moved to California, lived there for about 10 years and just got up to no good. You know, just sex, drugs, rock and roll. I lived in San Diego and Los Angeles. I made a bunch of friends with like uh, comedians and musicians. So I was just constantly like in bars and partying, mm-hmm. and, you know, just getting up to no good. And 
you know, in the moment you're like, oh, this is so fun. This is awesome. Life mm -hmm. is great. You know, like it's just pleasure, 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 fun, fun, fun. You know, and then at some point you have to pay the bill. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, at some point, point. Yeah, that's the problem with debts is at some point, you know, the physical, the spiritual, the emotional, like the debts start to pile up and then things mm -hmm. start to crumble, right? So that's kind of just what happened was that like basically around like age 27 going into age 28, like everything in my life just came crashing down. Like the money, the debts, like the physical money debts started piling up, yeah. you know, job problems, relationship problems, girl problems, friend, pro friend drama, you know, just family drama, like everything was just piling on, you know, and the only thing that was really keeping me going at that point was just literally just weed every day, all day, every day, just being a stoner and then partying like four or five nights a week. I'm like getting drunk or going to comedy clubs, you know, laughing away my sadness, <laughs> you know, like going to meet like, like uh, all my friends were like musicians. So I'd go to their concerts and their gigs or go party with them. Um, and so it was just that it was just running away and trying to like, like literally yeah. trying to run away from my sadness, mm -hmm. uh, and, uh, the blackness, the darkness that was like starting to sweep over my life. And it just got to the point where it got bad. It was just so bad. It was so dark. I was so depressed. Nothing was helping it. I just started realizing like my life is going nowhere and I still was just godless. So I had that whole mentality of, you know, evolution theory, like life is just, we're just random cells floating around, like. When everyone dies, we go to blackness. Life is meaningless. I was really into philosophy. So I was really into like those dark German philosophers that were just like, oh, life sucks and then you die, you know? Okay. So just hurry up and die and get it over with. So I did that. So I made the decision to go kill myself. Right. And then God just perfectly sent the right person at the right time, like minutes before I was going to go through with it and just totally radically changed my life. Like it was just this night and day of like, I was, I went from being like miserable, depressed, thinking like, oh, life sucks. I'll just end it all and just forget, you know, go into blackness, go into nothing and just stop existing to like literally being like encountering Christ in an indirect way and just right. totally becoming transformed. And by the end of the night, realizing like God is very real, literally <laughs> he needs me to do something like there is meaning for my life, I guess there is purpose for me. Like there is some kind of plan that he needs me to like accomplish. And just from that point on, it was just the slow progression of like trying to figure out what, you know, just trying to do what I, you know, and it, that was trial and error because I didn't have it in my life. I was like, here's the gospel. <laughs> here's this guy named Jesus. You should actually listen to him and not, you know, the characterization, the mischaracterizations of the Hollywood media, you know? And so slowly but surely, just um, it actually was Jesse Lee Peterson was the one I found first. Then I found Rush V as right as Rush V was going through like the exact same story, like the exact same information. Um, and so after that, I started watching like like Shapiro and Crowder, and I knew like even when I first started watching them, I'm like, these guys are so like yeah, they kind of make good points and they're kind of funny, yeah. but like duh, you know just had these like complaints about them. And then right. So this all happened in the fall of 2018, uh -huh. right? That was 2018. And then in that December, that January, I think what happened was I started watching Gavin McGinnis and that thing with him and Crowder happened where they made a, a split. And so I started like really getting into Gavin because I'm like, oh, like if they're censoring Gavin, there's probably some truth there, you know? Mm -hmm. And then I heard about Owen. So then I heard like Gavin and then there's like, oh, there's this guy named Owen, the same thing. Like he's being kicked out, everyone's censoring him. So I was like, okay, maybe I should check out this Owen guy, you know? 
And I remember the first stream I tuned in was, you know, White Claw days. He's on his back porch with like a funny hat on, <laughs> slamming White Claws, playing beautiful music and ranting about how the moon landing was fake. And I was like, dude, this guy gets it. <laughs> I was like, this guy gets it, you know? But then from that point, like, so that was like maybe January of 2019. And I think that whole year, I just, it was a combination of just listening to like Jesse Lee Peterson, Rushby, and Owen Benjamin, and just mm -hmm. seeing like different interpretations of the Bible and different people on different paths, like similar paths that I can relate to, and really good advice from all three of them that were just really helping me. Like mm -hmm. those three led me to the Bible, and then eventually it was just over. It was like the combination mm -hmm. of those three and the gospel. Just there's no going back, you know, <laughs> your life is just going to radically be changed for the better in every way. And so ever since then, it's just been this this amazing journey of just, you know, seeking God, seeking righteousness, trying to become a better man, overcoming all my, my, my sins, overcoming all my past wrongs, paying off all my debts, physical, emotional, and spiritual, you know? Um, and yeah, I'm just at this point now, like flash forward three years of like still on that journey, but then also like using my testimony and using the knowledge I've learned along the way and using the trial and error <laughs> that, I've, that I've, I've experienced along the way to maybe potentially inspire other people or help other people if they're going through a similar thing, you know, kind of give back to like those three guys yeah. that you mentioned, like, I feel like they've helped me. And so maybe I can like also help other people out there in the same way. Awesome. That's kind of a summarized. Um, no. <laughs> That's funny um, just before I forget, though, because there's a couple of questions in the chat. So Comfortable Bear says, um, who was it that showed up when you're about to um, whatever? And Upstate Bear um, adding to that, I said, what were a few key points in the conversation? So basically, like, what, you know, what happened? Yeah. What well, was an Uber? So I was taking an Uber from, like, to the place I was going to go. I was going to jump off a bridge. There's a whole right. thing. I it was kind of stupid. Looking back, I even debate if I was really going to like go through with it, go through yeah. with it. But in the moment, I was pretty convinced of myself I was going to do it. You know, I, I was just debating how I was going to kill myself. It was like, use a gun. I don't want to buy a gun. I don't want to make the mess, hang myself. Like, it just was like this combination. Like, yeah, I don't yeah. want it to be painful. I don't want it to be messy. I don't want to leave my family like traumatized. Yeah. So I figured like in San Diego, there's a thing called the Coronado Bridge. It's just a very right. tall bridge that goes over the bay. Um, and I was like, you know what? I'll just jump off that. Problem is there's no pedestrian walkways. Right. <laughs> so my plan was to like get in an Uber and have the Uber take me to the top of this bridge and like make him stop the car and jump or just jump out and then I'll jump right. off this bridge. Kind of a stupid plan. <laughs> Looking yeah. back on it again, it's like I don't know if I would have actually gone through with it, but it didn't matter because like the Uber driver I got was just this big, giant, hilarious black guy who was like right. making me laugh, making me question things really touching on like points. I mean, he, he recommended Jesse Lee Peterson. So like looking back, I'm pretty sure he was a big fan of Jesse Lee Peterson kind of touching on those main points. He always talks about like, what's up with you and your, your father? What's up with you and your mom? Like, have you, do you forgive people? Like as a man, what do you do as a man? Like, are you living righteously? You know, and there's just these points where I'm like, dude, leave me alone almost. But it was like that thing in your, in your heart where you're like, dude, this guy's like ripping into me and I need it. You know? uh -huh. I need this right now. Like, and it was just this weird combination of like making me laugh, inspiring me, but also convicting me. And I just needed every little part of that in that moment. And so sure enough, like I just kind of like woke up from this trance of, like, of this conversation and we were just like on the other side of the bridge. Like the car just drove up and over the bridge to the like, Coronado Island. 
So I kind of just got out of this Uber, like not expecting, I was expecting to just like get out of the Uber and jump off a bridge and end it. And all of a sudden I like get off, get out of this Uber and I'm like, my life is just flipped upside down. <laughs> and I just walked to the beach, kind of put my foot, my feet in the water. And like, mm-hmm. it's a, it's an Island off of like the city of San Diego. Mm-hmm. And so there's like a beach, there's resorts. There's a side that faces the ocean and there's a side of the Island that faces back towards the city. So it's kind of a surreal thing, like for just for hours, I just sat in this like very calm ocean water with my feet in the water, sitting on the beach, looking at the city of San Diego, like the skyline, like the main downtown area. And it was just like this unbelievable conversation with God, like in my spirit, in my heart of just that, everything I was kind of saying, like realizing he's real, realizing there's like meaning and purpose to my life, realizing I have like work to do. Like I need to start learning how to forgive people and I need to overcome what I've done wrong and let you know, let go of that anger I have for other people. Um, so I just say it was the right person sent by, sent by God at the right time, you know, to make me stop <laughs> from going through with a really stupid decision, you know? Um, and I've written, I've written this though, and I've like, kind of summarized, it. I've talked to Owen off stream about it and on stream. And every time he just makes like the perfect comment, which is just like, I'm like, thank you. Thankfully you did not do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that's such an idiotic thing for anyone to do. And it's just like, thank you for not doing that. And that's not just special me, like everyone who goes through that. It's like, thank mm-hmm. you for not doing that because like your yeah. life does have meaning and purpose. And all you do really need is that one person to come tell you stop <laughs> in the right way that you need to hear. Like, is it an inspirational thing? Is it, you know, I care about you. Like there are people that care about you. Is it, you have work to do, (laughs) stop moping and get to work. It's like, whatever the message is, people need to hear the message that your life is meaningful. You do have purpose and you do have like a plan and a destiny here waiting for you. And it's not what you're thinking about doing right now. Um, So yeah, that's that. That was what (laughs) God sent the right person at the right time to just convict me in all the right ways, you know? Yeah, I mean, it sounds like you met Kyle Brown. <laughs> I mean, it sounds yeah. like Kyle Brown. <laughs> literally, yeah. I, yeah, yeah, literally, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, that's, that's, I mean, it, for just for that man to be at that moment at that time to be, do you know what I mean? It's just, it, yeah. yeah. I mean, that, that's that's why I say it was God. I mean, it's yeah. I mean, it, you it, can't convince me it, it wasn't divine intervention. Yeah. And so that's why I say that's the moment I encountered Christ, even if it wasn't Christ, you know, it's like, that's when the spirit of the Lord, like truly made himself known to me. And that guy literally might not even know it, you know, (laughs) probably doesn't. I sometimes like to joke and kind of almost like optimistically hope like that's my guardian angel. He showed up, you know, but really it literally could just be some guy who dropped me off in the next moment, just forgot about me. You know, (laughs) I was some insignificant ride in his day. He gave out 10 rides that day and, you know, never really thought of me again, or was it my guardian angel or whatever? Like, it doesn't even matter what the answer is Uh because the reality is like, like God sent that person, whether he knew it or not in that Uh moment, you know, and we're all, we all have those, we all have those moments. And it's the same thing. It's like, it could be this perfect divine thing. Your guardian angel shows up or, you know, the person, your long, your soulmate shows up at the right time, or just some guy crosses your path and just like makes a joke or something, doesn't even realize what he's doing. But like what he just did is planted the right seed in the right soil of your life. Mm -hmm. And that's going to sprout into something beautiful. Um, And it could just be total quote, quote unquote coincidence, you know, or synchronicity, whatever word we like to use there, but, or it could be just like perfectly planned out, like perfect, like divine intervention on it. I guess no matter what, it's divine intervention, but like 
from that person's like the person that's doing it or causing the, mm-hmm. the ripple effect in your life like is it on purpose is it like a meaningful like with, is there a meaningful intention behind it or is it just mm-hmm. someone just being kind <laughs> and they just mm-hmm. then go about their day and they don't realize the impact that yeah. what they just did had on you yeah no i mean it's a big thing but either way whether it's a positive or negative or whatever you, you don't kind of realize the effect you have on other people just just with the way you interact with them just with the way you generally you, you like little comments that you might say or, or whatever and and some people like i i had a, a friend and he was um he's basically manic depressive um and he was to the outside world he looked like he had everything generally he was a good looking lad he was good at sports he was you know he had a, a nice wife and kids and so and he, he was but I'd, i've known him since we were kids and he's just got these issues um and it, it did kind of flare up, you know, depending on, on situations and stuff. But especially when he was first diagnosed, it, it would just be that someone would just say a comment and it did, meant nothing by it at all. But he would then go home and he'd think about this comment over and over and over and it would just run through his head like constantly. And then it, it, he'd then convince himself that he was no good because of it. And, all. and the person who said it didn't mean anything by it at all. I didn't even know they'd said anything really. Um. Yeah. And I mean, he he was he was thinking about suicide. He was thinking about all sorts of stuff. Um, and again, it's it nothing ever happened to him. He didn't have. He had a great life. He he had he grew up wealthy family. Do you know what I mean? There was not there was not, on the surface there was nothing wrong with his life whatsoever. Um, yeah. but it was just it was it was how he kind of dealt with things. How his brain kind of dealt dealt with stuff. So you never know the effect you're going to have on someone's life and so. And I, I, I catch myself doing it because I'm not, I'm, I'm quite a kind of laid back person in like real life, except when I'm in a car. And if I'm in a car and I have like, I'm like Mr. Road Rage, and I, <laughs> and I, I, and I just think like you know someone cuts in front of you or something, and your instant thing like I, I, if the cars stop, I would, I'd stab them. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's like I, that, that's I, I hate that person at that point. But then you think, oh, maybe that person like what? What if they're like rushing to get to hospital because the you know the the the, the wife's giving birth or or, or whatever? Jimmy, you know I mean? whatever the, the the thing is, so you've always got to kind of stop yourself and and you know the. Just think like what effect that might have on you, and it's the same with you know like like you said with someone will thank you for not doing it, um because that that has lasting effects for you know everyone who, who who's left behind. Um, yeah. I mean, my my wife's dad killed himself when she was younger, um she was fifteen, yeah fifteen, um, and it's still there with her. I mean you know she's she's a grown woman. We've got kids. Uh, uh, we've got a son of our own. But it's still there. Do you mean it's not? It's not all the time. But it's you know that that ripples there that he, he'll never see his grandkid. He'll never. He never. He didn't see her get married. He didn't see. It. And to all these points, he she hasn't had a dad because of it. Um. So you know, yeah, he was feeling whatever he was feeling at the time. But the the knock on effect is for everybody else. Um. So yeah, it's such it's such a. I don't know. It's it's just a, a horrible thing to do to other people. I think. Do you know what I mean? Especially like if you you know with people with families and stuff. It's just it's just a, an awful kind of thing to do because then the, the person, the people you leave behind, kind of have these feelings towards you and they can't. They, they, you know, they're angry towards you or the whatever, and they, they can't do anything about it. Um, yeah. Have you ever seen the the program? It's a documentary called The Bridge. Um, 
and it's about the Golden Gate Bridge, and it's it's basically it's it's a, it's a really kind of I've good documentary. About, I've heard about that, but yeah, not that specific. Yeah. Uh... Um, well, it's, it's quite it's, it's quite an old documentary. It's probably like 10, 15 years old, probably even older than that. But the Golden Gate Bridge in, in San Francisco, it's kind of known for people jumping off it. Um, yeah. And so what they did was they hooked up cameras for a year and just basically filmed. They didn't stop any of them. They didn't do anything. They, they just filmed people jumping off the bridge. Um, and then they, they kind of like interviewed the families and, and that kind of thing and, and they got a bit of insight into these people's lives and then but it the, the you'll see it, it was just a, it's an odd thing to watch because you'll see some people will just walk up step over and jump off straight away and then you'll see others and they're walking back and forth back and forth for like four hours like pondering it and yeah. then there's this one fella and he's he, he stands up on on the, the thing and he's he's got his arms out wide and he just like just like I think I'm sure he falls backwards as well, but he just kind of like lets him, and he, he almost looks kind of peaceful as he's doing it. Um, yeah. But it's, it's just interesting, like the, the the differences in the in the people all doing the same thing and all kind of being in the same place emotionally, but yeah. everybody deals with it differently. So yeah, if you if you yeah. you know yeah. if, if you ever get the the chance to see it, you should you should watch the. It's, yeah, it's called it. It's called the bridge because it's the, the, the bridge. Yeah. Um. There's a documentary about a play. There's like these woods in Japan, I think, which is like a similar yeah, thing. Suicide forest, yeah. Yeah. Um, but they don't go as in depth. It's more like just about the woods itself. Um, yeah. But yeah, definitely, definitely check out the bridge if you get a chance. So obviously your life's got better. A... Um, but what's For the you know your mates and stuff that were sort of around at that time, are you still in contact with any of them, or, or is that a kind not of, really? Like, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> not really, because I mean, so then, so I mean, I say it's like a it was, you know radical transformation. You encounter uh-huh. Christ for the first time after never doing it, and like your life is going to be radically different no matter what. Mm-hmm. I think even if you reject him, you know, <laughs> he's going to make his, his presence known. You still have the choice to accept it or not after that. Um, either way, your life is going to radically change and mine, I choose, chose to accept it. Right. And so my life changed for the better. Uh And the people in my life did not like that. You know, (laughs) they did not like that. It was almost too, like, almost like showing a mirror up to them for the first time. Yeah, exactly. You know, being like, and then, you know, trying to being early, young in my faith, I'm like, so this is amazing. This is great. Hey guys, let me tell you about this guy named Jesus. And everyone's like, dude, no, stop. Get away yeah. from me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the more, you know, I'm like, so like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I'm on fire. I'm so ready to tell the whole world about it. And my family and friends were like, dude, stop, get away from me. No, you know, mm-hmm. so it's kind of like the first year I kind of made some mistakes by being too aggressive in my like mission <laughs> uh, with family and friends. But two, just like, not only just in that very direct interactions, just subtly, like I got sober, I lost a bunch of weight. I like look younger now, like I got healthier, you know, in so many ways, physically, I started paying off my debts. I started actually like not being (laughs) so broke and such a mess up, you know, and started like advancing, like building skills, getting different jobs to like build my like resume up and like get skills that matter to like work jobs that matter. Um, I moved to Nashville and everyone kind of was like hating on that, you know, um, that's a whole other story why I did that and how it happened. But I eventually moved here and like made it work. I mean, I was like homeless for the first month and a half 
And I think my whole family was almost like kind of maybe, you know, deep down cheering for me to fail. And the fact that I didn't, the fact that I like totally succeeded in all of the ways, it almost showed them like, man, I'm pretty miserable. I'm messing up. I'm making mistakes, you know? Uh And then, you know, I'm the, I'm the baby of two babies in my family and I've always been a screw up. So for Uh me, like my whole family looks at me like, oh, he's the young, dumb idiot. He's the screw up. He's the pothead, you know? So now all of a sudden, like a year later for me to be like the one guy in my family who's like not blinded by his sins, like very aware of reality, you know, very like all of a sudden sober, like totally. And like having all the benefits from that, you know, no porn, no sex, none of that. Just being so elevated, like getting on that right vibration and having the rest of them not do that. It really was like showing a mirror up to them. And I feel like I got rejected just by default, like just people that almost with that crab in the bucket mentality of like, they don't want to see you get out of the bucket. They will, they will pull you back down. They will try to tear you back down. Um, and they didn't want to admit, you know, that, <laughs> you know, when I say like, when people ask like, like, wow, your life's so much better. What's the reason? And it's like, God, <laughs> can I have a yeah. conversation with you about that? They're like, no, no, you're crazy. That's a lie. That's not true. You know, it's like denial, 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 run away, run away, run away. That can't be true. That can't be right. Um, so then it just becomes like that. It's like this resistance, you know, and then COVID happened, you know, I became a bear and I just started having quote unquote controversial opinions. Uh-huh. <laughs> I yeah. start doing live streams where I'm sharing quote unquote conspiracy theories and controversial yeah. opinions. And I'm hateful and I'm racist and I'm this, you know, I'm an ism and I'm an ist and I'm a phobe and I'm a bigot, you know? Um, and so that just, this whole combination of all of that pretty much made it. So I don't really have anyone still in my life. I still have some family that are kind of, yeah, they just think I'm crazy, but they'll still have conversations with me. They'll uh-huh. still, you know, send me Christmas gifts or, you know, Christmas cards and stuff. And yeah, yeah. So it's not like total rejection, like total yeah. kicked out of people's lives. Some are, some people are really don't talk to at all anymore mm-hmm. because of my stance on abortion or because of my stance on, you know, homosexuality or, mm-hmm. you know, this or that, where I used to kind of go along to get along with these people yeah. or even yeah. agree with them. And now it's just this outright, like, I can't go along with these lies anymore, you know? Mm -hmm. And so that just has totally made these lines in the sand where I can't communicate with former friends or even some family members. But for the most part, it's just kind of like, uh, I just, I'm kind of cheering against you. (laughs) I don't really want to be friends with you or have conversations or hang out with you, you know, anymore. Um, But kind of in a nice way, I guess. (laughs) A more nice way. Because um, I've got similar experiences. I mean, I've got the, sort of friends that I grew up with and stuff. And you know, there's never been an argument between us. We just don't, we, we just don't particularly hang around with each other or get on with each other anymore and stuff because yeah. of because of views on things. Not not I don't care what they think. Do you know what I mean? But they they care what I think. So then they can't be around me. Do you know what I mean that that kind of thing? Um, but I think a lot of people. So like, if people see your life is better now. Then they, they, you know, they 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 might want that for themselves. So if they say, right, how how have you got yeah. that? The fact that it's yeah. it's kind of hard work has got you to this point, and you've got to be consistent, and you've got to you've got to sacrifice things, and you've got to. That's what they don't want to do. If you could give them a pill and say, here you go, take that, and then you'll have the happiness and freedom that I have, they'd all take it. But because yeah. you have to, you have to actually do something to get to earn it. 
That's what they, <laughs> yeah. That's why they want you to fail. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, it takes it takes humbling of yourself, mm-hmm. which is hard for people. It's yeah. uh, admitting that change needs to happen is is tough enough, and then uh-huh. to go through with it is even tougher. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> like admitting you're wrong is bad enough, but then you actually have to like do the action required to turn away from that, yeah. right? Um, so it's kind of like that. You know, you recognize you're a sinner. That's tough enough for people to swallow. Um, but then you have to repent <laughs> and you have to yeah. turn away. You have to change your, you know, there's so many steps that people can like, even if you buy the first step, it's tough to even take that second. And then there's that third. And then there's, that's <laughs> going to keep, you're going to have to keep taking the steps, you know, and you're going to fail and you're going to, you might hit pause on one of those steps for a while, but like that's the beauty of like God and his whole plan is he wants you to keep trying. Like he wants you to keep taking those steps and he knows you're going to fall. He knows you're going to trip. He knows you're going to slip up. He knows you're going to turn away because times are going to get tough, you know, but as long as you eventually keep making that decision in faith uh-huh. to keep going, to keep running that marathon as Paul, the apostle writes to say, it's a race. Uh-huh. It's a lifelong race. The end is the eternity that awaits you. The end is salvation. You know, and you just have to keep running that race, keep going, you know, keep climbing that staircase. Um, and that's kind of the beauty of it. Like, we all are sinners. We're all going to fail. We're all going to slip up. Um, but as long as you keep going, you make that decision to keep sacrificing, keep working, keep pushing through the struggles and the pains and the, the failures, you know, and keep going. So do you think if you have People just don't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's hard. Right? It's easy to sit here and say it on a podcast, but like, in reality, <laughs> for 24 hours every day, like that's really tough and it's really hard and people just aren't going to do it. You know, there's going to be no enough people out there that just do not want to do it or do not, are not able yeah. to do it, you know? Yeah. But I'm saying there's no end to it. It's not like, right, well, you do that for a year and then you're cured. No, this, this is this is your life now. This is what you're going to be doing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so, so <laughs> yeah. in 10 years' time, you're going to be doing exactly the same thing. So yeah. you know, there is still no failing, kind of but still getting back up and going, you know? <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. So, do you think moving away was kind of a key part of that, like where it was almost like a not only a fresh start, but something that you, like you said, you were homeless for a while, so where you you kind of had to, you were almost like forced to be humble. You were forced to kind of give up everything yeah. that you'd, you'd done. If you'd stayed in in California, do you think you would have been on the path you're on now? Yeah. No. Not at all. No. Mm. <laughs> Especially because if this all happened, uh, you know, leading up to 2020, right? The apocalypse, mm-hmm. yeah. best apocalypse yeah. ever. Uh-huh. Um, and I just felt this overwhelming call of God to come uh-huh. to Nashville. And uh-huh. now it's like, it's easy. It's like almost easy throwaway to say, oh, well, God called me. Okay. And people are like, yeah, yeah, yeah sure, uh-huh. sure. <laughs> but in the moment, it really was like, I mean, I was born and raised in Illinois. My whole life, my whole family's in Southern California. Uh, I had some friends, so I had two two buddies still at the time who had families. One was in Boise, Idaho, and one was in Austin, Texas. And this was before Owen went to Idaho, but I still knew a bunch of, like, bears were there, and I just yeah. kind of knew it was, like, a pretty awesome place. And Texas is, like, every Californian's moving to Texas. So, like, my mind is telling me, like, it would be wise to move to one of those two places and get jobs with my friends' families. One of my friends, like, owned a ranch, like, ranching family outside of Austin somewhere. I think it's more like an hour or two outside of Austin. It's not really like by the city. 
So yeah. I'm like, oh, that's cool. Like, I'll go, literally go be a cowboy in Texas. Dope, mm-hmm. cool. You know, and I'm like getting all excited. I'm all mentally like, yeah, I'm going to go yeah. there. And I just felt God telling me Nashville. Mm-hmm. And to me, it's like, no. <laughs> like Tennessee, like it, it really was like, I don't know anyone there. I don't have a job there. Like, why? It just really was this weird thing where I really did feel God calling me to Nashville. And my mind was like, no, <laughs> that's so stupid. Like, that's dumb. Like, well, it doesn't make any sense, you know? And so the more and more I was like, and then I kept putting it off. I kept changing my mind. Like, I, I will just go to Boise. And then, you know, if that doesn't work out, then I'll go to Nashville. It's like I kept making excuses and trying to almost like make deals with God. Like, no, yeah. anywhere else. <laughs> Somewhere cooler. <laughs> Somewhere where I know people. Um, and then finally it was just this literal feeling where I was like, yeah, I can't keep running away from this. I don't, this is like a mystery still at this point in my life. I'm like, this is a mystery, but like, it's this undeniable pull, this like magnet that's sucking me into Nashville. And my, I kept running into problems, you know, in in a lot of ways, like spiritually, emotionally, and physically, like by saying no. And so the moment I was like, you know what? All right. (laughs) <laughs> I was like, I'm going, I guess I'm doing this. And on November, like basically like right, like November 1st or something like that first week of November, I put in like a three week notice and I was like, I'm going to spend Thanksgiving with my family one final time, the family that will still <laughs> see me. And then after that, I'm just getting in my car and I'm going to go live in Nashville and just figure this out. And so I just packed my bag, quit my job. Like I had basically no money. I had some credit cards that I never used before. So I like had money that was credit. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I can survive this. It's not like I literally have zero dollars. No, not at all. No. So when you turn up there, when you no. so you get in your car and you drive there, so when you you kind of you you know Nashville one mile, when you drive in there, what, where did you, how did you know how to get? You know what I mean? How did you know where to go or, or what to do? Did you I didn't. Just I didn't drive at all. <laughs> so I, I I do like DoorDash driving. I've always done like Uber, been an Uber driver, been a DoorDash driver, Postmates driver. Um, just always as a side job, sometimes as a primary job. And when I first came to Nashville, so it's actually, so I guess first, so pause, I'll put a pin in that. Um, and I will, I will transition back, (laughs) but as I'm going, like I quit my job, I packed my, I gave away all my stuff. I literally just had like books and clothes in a tiny little Honda fit, which is like a tiny little car, a hatchback. And I was like, I'm just going to live in this car. (laughs) And I was like, so confused. And it was like, really, like, I was starting to kind of get scared and like nervous about it. But I do it. I like said goodbye to everyone, got in my car, drove, and I'm like driving. And as I'm in Albuquerque, I was in a Walmart parking lot in Albuquerque. And I prayed to God. I was like, can you send me some kind of sign that I did not just destroy my entire life? And like, that this isn't. Like, this isn't a mistake. You are actually calling me, and I am following. Like, this is me being obedient to you. I'm not just, like, feeling something wrong or being misguided by, like, feelings. And the next morning, I woke up and, you know, checked my email, like, checked my emails that I got. And one of them was, like, a job offer at a church in a city outside of Nashville. Just randomly, like, out of nowhere. Like, I didn't apply for it. I didn't even even know. I had to look it up. I was like, what is this city <laughs> it's Brentwood it's like a suburb of Nashville I'm like what is Brentwood and what are Baptists <laughs> I don't even know what Baptists are you know it's like a Baptist church is offering me a job so I just kind of was like okay that's clearly the sign that like yeah. this is right 
So I accepted that job. So as I moved to Nashville, I pretty much, you know, in a week I had a job interview. And then a few days later, I had that job. I really got this job quickly. And I think it was just, again, like divine intervention, like to perfectly show me like, yes, (laughs) yes, you are being obedient in this, you know, continue on son. Um, But for that first week I lived in a hostel. Um, I don't know if it, yeah, you're probably familiar with how that works, yeah. right? So like only out of towners can live there. You can only live there for like four or five days. Uh-huh. So I lived there. It was real fun. It was real cool. <laughs> Met a bunch of cool dudes. A lot of like the same thing where just young dudes who are just like, oh, I just kind of travel around doing different jobs uh-huh. and hearing people's stories and stuff. Um, but then after that, it was just in my car. I just got a gym membership at a 24 hour gym, took showers there. I parked in a Walmart parking lot for like a month and just like slept in my car, like freezing cold in the winter, you know, ate Walmart food out of a can, out of cans. And <laughs> you went to a Starbucks to use the internet. You know, it was like, I literally was like in a pretty comfortable way, homeless, you know, it really uh-huh. wasn't like desperation homeless. It wasn't yeah. like literally on the streets and sleeping bags. It yeah. was like, I had a car, you know, yeah, it was cold and cramped, but whatever. So it's yeah. still like, I stay homeless, but it's still not as bad as that might sound, but yeah, it just kind of was that. And it, honestly, it was like the happiest I'd ever been in my life. Like it just well, truly like was the, like, I mean, was it, was the time, I mean, there must've been times like, you know, you're freezing in the middle of a middle of the winter in a little Honda. Yeah. Was the time <laughs> you know, like, just go back to California now. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, there's, there is that, but it was this unbelievable, like just the whole, in the moment, it's like, dude, God has me on a mission. There's no going back, you know? Yeah. So even if I am like, oh yeah, San Diego was was cooler than this place. Yeah. It's just like, dude, it, it didn't cross my mind that like I have a mission here now and I need to keep going with this. Like I'm on an adventure. I'm on this mission. I got to accomplish goals, you know? Um, but yeah, I mean, it was, and we've talked about that. I actually, on my stream, I talk about this a lot, right? And one night, um, Bedridden Bear was in my chat and we were talking yeah. about like, when you are stripped away of your comforts, when you, when God humbles you and gives you nothing, but you yeah. still, before you go to bed, pray and mm-hmm. you thank him, yeah. like there's this unbelievable sense of like blessed, like feeling blessed. And I, I talk about like, I was like, literally like, I couldn't even stretch out all the way. I'm like cramped, freezing in this car and the sleeping bag you know, pooping in a Walmart <laughs> bathroom, you know, taking showers in this like tiny little gym, you know, mm-hmm. and then just truly authentically being like, thank you for this day, God. And thank you for whatever other day you're, you choose to give me after this. That like God will bless you. <laughs> you will mm-hmm. truly feel so in sync, like so spiritually connected with God. Um, and so many people feel that, you know, talking, like I said, bedridden bear, I mean, just whatever, everything she was going through. It's just like for her to be able to, at the end of the night to be like, thank you, God, for this, despite Mm -hmm. all the pain, all the inconveniences, all the chaos, you know, that like still having gratitude in those depths, like with so stripped of comforts and pleasures and like material stuff and status and ease and security. And Mm -hmm. still at the end of the day, being like, thank you for what you've given me. And thank you for what you've taken away from me. Um, God will bless you and God will fill you with the spirit, like without a doubt for sure. And now I actually am like nostalgically, there are times like right now I'm almost like, like I'm getting hyped, yeah. I'm getting happy. Cause I'm like, man, that was, that was such a great time, you know? Cause now I like have an apartment and a bed and you know, my AC is temperature controlled, you know? And <laughs> there's times where I actually well, want to like rip myself down and go back to like having nothing, yeah. like, living with less, being humble, like being without 
You know, there is like true, if you can do that, you can live without and truly be like thankful for it before God with a humble heart. Like it's unbelievable the happiness you'll have. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that's kind of like the, um, the, the giving money to church thing. You know, if you, if you can yeah. give when you don't have much, but you, you feel, you feel a connection and you feel that, that, that kind of like investment in, in the, the, the church. It's similar to, you know, yeah thanking god when you don't have anything do you know I mean you yeah. you're still you're you're you know you're giving something that you you sh by all rights you shouldn't be giving do you know what I mean you shouldn't be giving money if you can't if you don't have any and you shouldn't be giving thanks when you haven't got anything but you still are and so because you you're doing that then it then comes back and you know it, it'll then benefit you in in many ways i mean it does kind of humble you it does make you appreciate everything it does every but you also feel invested in well no i'm actually in i'm in god's story or i'm in the church's story or i'm in whatever you know this is yeah. i'm part of this and then it gives you almost like something to fight for and something to work for because it's you're not just doing yeah. it for yourself you're doing it for you and god or you're doing it for you and the church yeah. or you're doing, you're doing whatever um yeah. same with like similar to the bears i mean you you act a certain way and do certain things because you, you're not only doing it for yourself you're doing it for the community do you know what i mean so it, it is just that yeah. kind of extra kind of connection i think um yeah yeah so do you think it's like as well, owen, um, well just real quick like what owen like kind of like has said or like kind of just what's happening in his life is like he's kind of the comments not quote for quote here but like you know the persecution he's felt like the censorship and all of that, he was doing it for the right reasons, okay. right? He was actually sacrificing and he's actually like being persecuted. He's actually going through the fire and dealing with it. And it's because he was doing what was right. He was okay. being honest. He was doing what's good, true and beautiful. Right. Mm -hmm. And then now, like in the last month or whatever, I don't know all the details, but just what he said on stream about like, basically like, you know, Dave Chappelle faking that, yeah. you know, these guys who are like faking being censored. Yeah. They're doing it for gain, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. they're doing the, they're being persecuted, quote unquote, and censored. And like, they're doing it as like a strategy. They're doing it mm -hmm. for like monetary gain and like personal benefit. Um, and so let's check in on them in a year and see how much hell they're in, exactly. you know, and then like, look at Owen. Owen will bring mm -hmm. up a picture of this beautiful homestead, beautiful wife beautiful children, you know, all these friends, all these bears, all this fruit being produced. And that's because like he sacrificed, like he went through the persecution, not for himself. He did like what was right. He he lived righteously in, yeah. in dealing with these problems. He didn't deal with the problems because he was going to get stronger or because he's going to gain from it, you know? Um, and I think that's a big difference in a, a lot of people's lives, a lot of different, you know, I think a lot of bears know this and they get this, right? Because we've done that. Like we've been persecuted, we've gone through the fire and it's because we're doing it for our wives or for our children or for God, like for God to use us for his glory. It's not because I want to be rich and I want to be liked, you know? <laughs> it's like usually bears <laughs> will fall away if they want to be liked by the crowds, you know? <laughs> No, you think you're doomed from the start if that's if that's your goal. You you never you're never gonna it, it's pointless, you're on a pointless mission. Um yeah, so yeah you're right about the, the kind of the fake it's doomed to fail. It's, you're gonna fail at some point. Yeah. It's gonna come crashing down. 
I mean, it's like the celebrities who, who kind of give to charity or do charity work or whatever, but then make sure that the press are there to make, you know, to, to photograph them doing their charity work. And so, you know, they don't actually do anything for the charity. They don't actually benefit them in any way whatsoever. It's all for themselves. Um, yeah. And ultimately, there's yeah. no point in it. You know what I mean, because you're going to further your career and then at the end of it, you're going to feel like crap because you haven't, you haven't actually helped anyone and, you, and nobody likes you. Um but again, it comes down to to uh, kind of everything being relative, I suppose, because Owen kind of did a similar journey to you, in the, you know, in the sense that he's he's kind of he's been persecuted and, and friends and family have kind of turned against him, and he's had to leave. He's you know he's had to leave California and, and go elsewhere. But he 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 wasn't living in his car, you know, because his starting point is different to yours. So, but you're on the same path. You're on the same. Um, journey i think we all are to a degree do you know i mean it's just what we've given up yeah. and what we, we haven't i mean you're like the, the you know the extreme example i suppose but everyone's kind of if we've got the, especially ones that have, you know where we've been around here for a, a few years now we've all given up stuff and we've all to, to stay on point if you like to stay on this kind of what we think is the right path um and it's just i think it's just important that we kind of remember where we come from um yeah. Because uh, I mean, what I was going to ask before was, do you think you, as much as you, you kind of you 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 knew you were on a mission, was there also the, this kind of like, no, I'm I'm going to prove everyone back home wrong. I'm going to you know, no matter what happens, I'm going to make it here. Was they got the was that a kind of a motivation for you as well, or or, or not so much? Like yes and no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I do feel like. I do have these moments where I actually want to move back, not like because I I think I could be doing so much good there, like spreading the gospel, like uh-huh. in California where I was, my friends, my family, and just there, just San Diego, just LA. Like, it's not even that like people have heard the gospel and rejected it. They just don't hear it. They hear a skewed version of it, a watered down version of it, you know? they don't hear that like they are sinners and they need to change, you know? And here in Tennessee, it's almost kind of easy. It's like, people have heard it. They've heard Mm -hmm. it and like, they'll call themselves Christians, but they're not really. And so it's kind of easy to like, kind of motivate them and convict them. Or you, Mm -hmm. people who are like, yeah, I've always believed, I've always been a Christian, but like my church sucked or, you know, my Mm -hmm. parents were horrible, you know, like, and so they fall away and it's kind of easy to like, easier to be like you know what yeah like man-made religion you know man-made church like men screw up sorry Mm -hmm. your church sucked but here let me show you that this is actually not about these men it's not about these churches it's not about your parents it's about your relationship with your creator right Mm -hmm. so I, i almost kind of feel like this mission that i'm on right now is like easy not really causing as much of an impact as potentially I could just like going back to San Diego and just like, boom, <laughs> like new strike to the like, city, just <laughs> on fire. fire. You know? no, you're good. But uh, I, I, I do have these like moments of like, you know, yeah, I, I go back. I should go back and I could do so much good out there. But it's also just, it's not what I'm being called to do. Like what I'm being called to do is here. Like I am meeting the right people still and touching the right people's lives, doing what I'm doing here, you know, and figuring stuff out and found this career path, like kind of accidentally, you know, like I was trying to go be like a carpenter, like a handyman. Mm -hmm. 
And God brought me to like this landscaping thing, which is becoming my mission field, like working in and around these like other landscapers, people from other countries, you know, that come here and do these jobs, young kids who are kind of just lost and want a summer job. And I found like these right moments to really help them, really convict them or really like show them the truth that they've never heard. So it's kind of this undeniable, like God does need me here doing what I'm doing right now. Um, even though I do kind of want to move back, (laughs) splash back into California, you know, and start telling people they need to repent, (laughs) repent, you sinners, you know? Um, so it's kind of like that. It's almost like I selfishly want to move back for that reason. Cause well, how much, look at the size of the fruit I could produce out there. But at the same time, I just know that God needs me here right now doing what I'm doing. But also I'm always just in that default mode of like, at any moment, if God needs me to do something else, like I will. If he yeah, makes it clear to me that I need to move to China, like I'll go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's kind of my vibe. That's kind of my flow state of like, I really would. Yeah. Okay. You need me to quit my job and do this, like go live homeless somewhere for a while because you need me to go do something somewhere else. I will do it. You know, like I've, I've done it before. It worked out perfectly. I know that if like I'm called to do that again, it will work out, you know? Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of just, that i have these thoughts of like i want to move to missouri <laughs> with all the bears i keep hearing all my friends that are bears are moving there and getting land i'm like dude it'd be so dope to live in missouri like around these people and that's a little closer to like my my whole family used to live in like western illinois so I'm like oh that western illinois missouri vibe maybe that's where my ancestors really belonged you know and so i have these like these stirrings of like man missouri would be dope i could go move there but it's just not where God needs me, you know, uh-huh. and just, I know that would not work out. Uh-huh. So my, yeah, it's like, I kind of have these, these rumblings in my, in my, <laughs> in my heart of like, go back out to California or move to Missouri, you know, or this or that would be cool to go do an experience. But really at the end of the day, you need to like trust and know that God has you where you are for a reason. And he's going to guide you where you need to go at the right time, you know? So that's kind well, of the vibe. <laughs> that's the flow. It goes, it goes back to giving things up. You know I mean? It, it, goes, it goes back to that thing. You know what I mean? You're, you're giving up You're giving up this for the greater good. You know, you, you're giving up going back to California or moving to Missouri or wherever. Do you know what I mean? Because you, ultimately it's, it's for the greater good. There's a reason behind it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you've kind of, you've been guided this far. You don't turn your back on it now. Do you know what I mean? You've got to keep keep following yeah. who, you know whoever's telling you to do so so if that's carl brown in an uber again then you know hopefully <laughs> yeah. getting, uh, getting scrooged with uh bill murray maybe maybe yeah. he'll turn up next time and... <laughs> yeah yes yes so what um yeah. i mean it, to me it seems it seems similar to like a truth of things so when you first kind of find out certain things you I mean so some, some people find out the, the moon landing's fake or whatever and then they want to tell everybody and they, you know yeah. where well, we get like the woke rape thing from um or you know they find out about 9-11 or they find out whatever you I mean Goldberg, whatever um it sounds like it's a similar thing with with um religion where you know people you've got to make sure that the people you you're trying to convert want to be converted or or are in a position where they they need to be, um, yeah. Because you know you can be screaming about the moon landing all day long. And most people don't care. 
And so they'll, they'll, just, yeah. you know, they'll either hear me or I'll tell you to shut up. Do you know what I mean? And, and then that, that message actually becomes worse because then you, you, to them, you sound like a crazy person. Right. Um, you know, if someone finds out today that, I don't know, trees walk at night and then they're screaming that at you and they're saying like, well, trees really walk at night. Like I have the proof, I have the documents. And like, I don't, I, I don't care. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Do you mean you're going to think you're a crazy person? Um, <laughs> So you, you you kind of run that fine line, don't you, where you're trying to sort of like put your knowledge onto other people and your experiences onto other people because if they've, they've got to be receptive, otherwise, like say, it can kind of backfire and have a negative effect. Yeah. yeah that's a good um, analogy that Owen used a couple months ago, which is like, you know, if you have like your alcoholic friend or your alcoholic family member and they need to stop. And everyone's telling them they need to stop. And they kind of know it. You can tell they kind of know it. And they have a bottle in their hand. They're getting drunk. And you run up and slap the bottle out of their hand. You're like, stop, bro. Yeah. Like, is he going to stop? He's probably going to just get mad at you and then go buy a new bottle and be pissed at you. And then probably drink more. (laughs) Or is that really, do you just keep letting him do it? Keep just showing him truth and love and light you know let 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 the lord's light shine through you to him convict him Mm -hmm. let him know you love him let him know that this is bad for him and then let him choose because that might be that moment where that might have been the last bottle that might have been his rock bottom where he was going to put the bottle down on his own but you coming up and slapping it out of his hand probably just set all of that back you know, backwards in motion. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there's also like, it's actually funny because we, we were going through it. My church does verse by verse. So we go through Matthew in order, you know, and the, so the sermons aren't like topical. It's like really, this is what, but what we're reading today and we're going to talk about it in the context yeah. it is. And we're Matthew 13. And then in my other Bible study that is a little more like picky, choosy, you know, kind of topic themed. They picked from a different book the same parable that Jesus has, has of the sower. Uh-huh. So it's called the parable of the sower. Are you familiar with the concept? Yeah. Like, so the you know Jesus tells this parable of a man, you know, farmer who goes around throwing seeds everywhere. Uh-huh. Like he's going, it's his field, but he's like throwing it on the walking paths. He's throwing it right. in the soil. He's throwing it everywhere. And so Jesus tells like the differences, the four types of soils and what happens, you know, it's like, if it's rocky soil, the seed's not going to take, you know, if it's, if it's soil, that's like, not, that's too dry, it might grow, but it's going to wither away, you know? And then it's like, if it's good, you know, this, there's this whole difference of what does the seed do with the different soils? And it's known as the parable of the sower, like the person who sowed the seeds, but really what it is, is the parable of the soils because Uh the sower in that parable is God. And he's sharing truth, right? It's Jesus coming to share the gospel. He's sharing the truth with people. Uh But there's four different types of people. There's people who are totally unbelievers, who are just NPCs. They're Uh just living in darkness. They love it. They like it. And you tell them the truth, (laughs) and they will reject it. Like, it literally, you might as well be speaking Chinese to them. They're like, dude, I don't care. You know, there's like soil that there's a type of soil. There's people out there that are like, they're receptive, you know, but they're just like, no, thank you. (laughs) Then there's some soil where it's like, oh man, that, that does resonate as true. Oh yeah. That like, this is true, but like, I'm not really motivated yet to follow through with it, you know, Mm -hmm. or maybe it kind of sparks something, but then it fizzles out and dies. 
And then there's like good soil. Like at the end, you have the person who's like just me, the right person at the right time comes, tells you the truth. It's just an explosion. Everything goes and, you know, now good fruit is produced. And that's just so perfect of like reality. And that's the reality is like people, like some people are seeking truth and some people are running away from truth because it's like uncomfortable. It's, it's, they don't want to hear it. They like their darkness. They like living, being worldly, living of this world. They don't want to hear that, like, you know, there is an eternity, there is a spiritual kingdom awaiting you, and it's going to take some work to get there. <laughs> it's going to take some sacrifice to get yeah, there. Exactly. People are like, no, 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 I'm not doing that, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's just kind of the reality. And so at the end of the day, you have to just be the sower. You have to be the person just spreading the truth. And you also can't get mad when some people reject it. You can't be mad when some people accept it but don't really follow through with any action. You just have to, like, keep sowing the seed. And, like, the example I like to use is the lighthouse. So, like, with my family at first, I became a Christian, and I'm like, oh, no, all these people in my life, they're they're lost out at sea in the darkness. Let me go swim out there and drag their boats into the harbor, right? Oh, I'll go fix them. I'll save them. I'll show them that they're lost at sea and bring them back into safe harbor where they belong. And my family's like, no, get away from me, like slapping yeah. me away with them, you know, throwing a lifesaver their way, you know, mm-hmm. get away from me, you crazy person. I don't want your help, you know, but mm-hmm. so what you really, what I've learned after like a year of that failing at doing that is you have to just be a lighthouse. You have to just mm-hmm. stand there firmly with a good foundation of truth, sharing it mm-hmm. out there in the world, shining that light out there being a good example, being a good role model, living right, doing right, speaking right, just unshakable and just shine that light out. And those people, when they finally are like, you know what, I want to not be lost at sea anymore. Maybe I should go, you know, they know exactly where to go. When those Uh people finally are ready to not live in the darkness, not be out at sea alone, you know, they know that you're there. They, They can follow that way home to you. And you'll be there ready to share the truth with them, share love with them, you know, reconnect with them spiritually. Like, you know, so I kind of think that is (laughs) all of those examples I just brought up. It's like so real and so powerful of like, there's people out there that like, will just reject it. If you're trying to help, there's people who like, maybe they'll listen to you, but like, eh, they're not going to really believe you or really follow through with anything. And then there's some people that like, it's just the right time, the right moment. And they, you say the right thing to them and it's like totally transforms their life for the better. Um, And you can't get hung up on one or the other. You can't celebrate too much when you have those victories. You can't get down on yourself when you like are defeated or, you know, lose those battles as well. No, hundred percent. Like I say, you just got to stay on, stay on path. I mean, you're not going to, you're not going to change the world. I mean, none, none of us are. You know, so you've just got to change your world. You've just got to change, you know, that how how you act and, and what you do and what you, um, the message that you you're putting out there to people, and maybe maybe the messages that you're putting out there to people who you'll you'll never ever speak to, someone who just right. sees you do yeah. something in the street, someone who just sees you do, you know, help an old lady across the street or whatever. Do you know what I mean whatever it is, and that you yeah. know you'll never ever speak to that person, and the, but it, it's it's done, it's triggered something in them. Um, or, you know, a kid sees you doing something good and does some, you know, or whatever. Um, I think, so that, that goes back to the, the kind of like the, 
the action speaking louder than words. And what a lot of people get caught up on is the the preachy side of it, where it's it's like, well, it doesn't matter really what I'm doing because I'm telling you the right thing. Um, so what I do when I leave you now and go to and go home is irrelevant, you know. So I'm going to tell you all these right things. I'm going to give you all the key phrases and all the the, the key words, and then I'm going to go home and cheat on my wife or <laughs> whatever. You know what I mean? It doesn't. You've got, <laughs> yeah. to, you've, you've got to live it, and if you live it, it's 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 easy. It's well easy-ish, but I mean it's 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 far easier to to kind of live that life rather than trying to still live that the sinful life but preach the the, the good life um yeah. and, and that's what a lot of people are put off by because like as i said before if you could take a pill and live that life they would but because they've actually got to work on it and especially now where everything's kind of instant yeah. gratification they don't yeah. you know they think right well if i do it for a week is that is that all right do you know what I mean that because that's a long time a week you know so if, and and then and then am i a good boy so it's it it is hard to try and kind of get the message across. I mean, in, in England especially because we don't have, um, it's kind of like a non-religious country. Um, yeah. I mean, we have. Well, it's a Muslim country, right? Well, it is now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that, that's it's a Muslim point, country now, right? <laughs> but that's how. That's why it was so. I think that's why it was so easy for them to kind of take over a lot of places because there yeah. was nothing to fight about. There was no. There was yeah. no kind of conflict. Um, but yeah, I mean, when I mean, when I was at school, we I went to a, it was a proper Church of England school. So basically, in England, you have the Church of England, which is Protestant. Is that um, same as Anglican? When you say like Anglican Church, is that the same? I don't or is that know. Different. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what because we, we have Ang- Anglican cathedrals. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Scott joined the chat. Yeah. <laughs> Is that the uh, the the Uber driver in whiteface? <laughs> yeah. Um, I was about to say, can can you just do us a favor? Can you just turn your hang on, mic off? Give us one sec. Um, otherwise it echoes as well. Give us one sec. Um, well, love shout out, shout out Joe Gagan while we wait. Uh, yeah, I met Joe Gagan at uh, Crush Fest in Western Pennsylvania. It was awesome. And then uh, I, I know you're in England, but are you flying out to uh, the Crush Fest in Missouri? I can't. I can't get out because you've got to be vaccinated. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, I can't. Is that can't just to leave or is that planes? No, no, to get into it, to get into America. Oh, really? So I can oh, leave England. I'm going to Greece in um, October and you don't have to be vaccinated to get in there. Um, oh, wow. for America, America and Canada, you do Mexico, you don't. America and Canada, you have to be, really? you have to be vaccinated. So I didn't know that. I didn't know we were so uh, gay. <laughs> well, that was when, when it I thought up, we were like, was... like not as gay as that. Yeah. <laughs> no, I was, planning, I was planning on coming over because I was, I was supposed to be coming out. I was supposed to be going to California in the June of 2020, and then we had lockdown in March, so it was just before I was, I was meant to be going to California. Um. So once I got the refund, so I just put the money to one side and I thought, right, when it opens up again, we'll we'll just do the trip again. Do you mean we'll just? Yeah. But yeah, it's it. It looks like for the foreseeable, it's going to need vaccines and stuff. So it's, there's just no point. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's there's, you know, so there's, there's no point yeah. kind of waiting on for it. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, in England, like I can say, we we have Anglican cathedrals, so I don't know what I don't know what that is, but we we have them. So I don't know if that's Protestant, Catholic, or or just whatever. 
but the um we were a Catholic country. Henry the Eighth wanted to divorce his wife. It wasn't allowed in Catholicism, so he basically invented yeah. Protestants so that he could uh, they could divorce his wife. Um, so now we all are Protestants <laughs> because Henry the Eighth yeah. wanted to divorce his wife. <laughs> Um, well, actually, so I've been in the last year, I've been really into my, like, ancestry, my history, because uh-huh. my family's not. My family, like, I have to, like, bug them to be like, send me this information. <laughs> but so I traced my, my last name is Corey. So I traced, like, a little bit of my, my, my mom's side's all Irish, doesn't go back that far. You know, drunk Irish people don't keep track of their history very much. Yeah. But the Corey side is, like, really well documented all the way back to Norfolk. Is that right? right. Yeah, Norfolk. 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 Yeah, it's just Norfolk. <laughs> Norfolk. Norfolk. Yeah. Um, and so my so way 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 back, my super super duper great grandparents or great grandfathers were famous Catholic priests in Norfolk right. area, mm-hmm. and they were kind of associated with. And then I had uncles that owned this thing called Bramerton Hall, which is right. like a small castle, like a small okay. whatever. I'm so ignorant about what it is. Like they like owned the the little mini castle in the in the village. Was that right. the noblemen or something? The nobles. Right. Um, and then one of them. So eventually down the line, one became like a, a merchant trailer, a sailor, and a, a merchant. Mm-hmm. And I think he was uh he the, infamous because he left Catholicism and became one of the Protestant faiths. Mm-hmm. And he was knighted by King Charles the first. Mm-hmm. And then I think. That's the king that got beheaded, right? <laughs> the only one we is learn right? about is Henry VIII. That's the only one that we learn about. Yeah, we so learn about Henry VIII for like seven years. Um, so I think what happened is like my, my family was all like like very like well-known religious leaders and these noblemen that are really like well-regarded and everyone loved my family and they get knighted and they're like starting to make money and then the king like... <laughs> Like a revolution happens, they kill the king, they're like, kill all his friends. And my family's like, okay, we got to go to America. (laughs) I think that's kind of like in the middle of the 1600s. It was kind of like right when my family like made it. It was like, ooh, we got to get out of here, actually. Um, So it's kind of a funny, kind of a cool, awesome family history to look up, but then also kind of like sad and weird. Yeah, then I was yeah. like, because then after that, the reason I'm bringing this up, sorry to interject from your story, was after that, I'm like looking up all the history of all the kings. I'm like, oh, dude, I never really looked this up. Like James and the all the politics and Elizabeth and Mary and yeah, the Tudors and all that stuff. And why did he have <laughs> five wives or whatever? Like what were the reasons? You know, and it's actually pretty interesting. It's not just that he was a horny dude. <laughs> It was kind of political yeah. too. No, it was that, lot, but it was also pull of politics. Yeah. And... <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it was mostly that. But yeah, it, was it was mostly it was horny dude yeah. syndrome. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> uh, for, for, first thing that I have to ask is: is the echo better with me having headphones in? Yes. Yeah. No, it's fine now. Okay, it yeah, it's just if someone has a mic on and no headphones, yeah, they're yeah. just echoing. That's all. Okay, perfect. And uh, something uh, that uh, I also dwell into genealogy and something that I found in my family tree is on my dad's mom's side, there was this guy named uh, Thomas Vines and King Henry VIII uh, Hogham, uh, direct grandfather, like great, great, great 
but uh, mm-hmm. King Henry VIII uh, hanged him because uh, there was a group of uh, guys that went poaching in the king's forest, and uh, basically <laughs> they got into a huge thing of fisticuffs, and huh. uh, and he was like, "Yo, King, like, please don't hang me," and he was like, "Dude, I have to." <laughs> <laughs> Basically, base, base, King Henry. Yeah, yeah. So, 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 so. R.I.P. R.I.P. Your your grandpa, but base King yeah, Henry. But... <laughs> just, just, just got into a huge thing with fisticuffs, and he was like, "Dude, we, we, we can't have that. We can't have that." So he just hung him. <laughs> The interesting, so I was like looking up all the Thomas Fines, Thomas Fines. I was looking up like, you know, so all this history of King Henry. And so what like, I guess I've never heard before is he wasn't supposed to be king. So like his dad won the war, had a political marriage to like unite like the North and the South. And then he had an older brother. So it was like that whole like second son syndrome where like the older brother was like, may gonna be king. And it was really Mm -hmm. about this like, Tudor dynasty. It's like these two famous houses. This king, I think it's, it's Edward or maybe yeah. it's something else. I think it was Edward was his brother. And it was like, Edward's going to be the king and the Tudor dynasty. And it was like, everything was so great. And so King Henry was kind of like a mommy's boy and kind of just like, hey, go do something. <laughs> hey, go to school. <laughs> hey, go learn languages. Go like, he became like a musician and an athlete. You know, they're like, oh, just go have fun, dude. You're cool. Yeah. Edward, though, is going to be king. Yeah. And then Edward dies. And so they're all like, okay, hey, Henry, come on. You got to <laughs> be king now. And he's like, dude, no, like, I'm a poet. <laughs> I like making music and like hanging out with my friend. They're like, no, sorry, bud. You're now the king. And they forced him to marry the woman that was like his brother's wife, you know? Mm-hmm. So I kind of feel like sympathetic for him because it's like, dude, he was kind of like, I'm going to, I'm going to, like, I'm not going to be king, but I'm rich and famous and everyone loves me. And I'm going to like be artistic and athletic and cool. And all of a sudden they're like, nope, now you have no freedom. You have to marry this chick. You you now have to start the dynasty. Everything's on your shoulders. Good luck, bud. And then his dad dies too. And so it's like, okay. (laughs) And now he just had to like figure it out. They're like, good luck. Fix England. (laughs) He's just like, I I just want to write music and joust, dude. Leave me alone. (laughs) It's kind of like sympathetic. You're kind of like, oh, that makes sense after that, that he wasn't really a good king because he wasn't really supposed to be and he didn't want to be. Yeah, they need an up to date version of Henry VIII with like Vince Vaughn playing him. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, dude. Like, it it really would be like a funny story, probably, if they did it right. Yeah. yeah. Our, our religion is based around this fellow who doesn't want to be king and just wants to go and play in the field. Right. So they, they then create Protestants. And so that's our that's our religion. Um yeah. but the, the Protestant it, it's it's a nothing, do you know what I mean? There's no like real belief <laughs> or anything. Um so when I went to uh, at little school we did, we sang hymns and stuff, but there, there was no like teachings, do you know what I mean? It was just kinda like no one knew why they were singing like morning is broken and stuff, do you know what I mean? It was just you just sing it and you, you, you go and do your class. But after that, there's no 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 one's like religious at all, unless the Catholics. So you get the the, the big Catholic families, 
Um, but other than that, it's not really a thing in England being religious. So the churches and stuff, they're just everything's just gone. You know, ch churches are there for weddings and funerals. That's the only reason people go to church in England. Um, <laughs> yeah, they are the graveyards. Yeah, exactly. That's all they are. They're either graveyards or like photo. No one wants to get in, in, married into a church because of religious reasons. It's it's for the photographs. Do you mean so for yeah. the wedding pictures? They want it looks better if you've got a church there, so they want wedding pictures at a church, and they can hold a lot of people. So, <laughs> so can we have a yeah. wedding there? Yeah. 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 So they Well, what they were doing was it, um, like the, the the vicars and stuff because they, they they charge you so you know to get to get married there. So it's kind of like a, it's you know it's a good money thing for the churches, but they'd make you go to like two or three services and then you could be classed as a, a part of the parish and so everyone who's getting married just turns up to like three services and then goes home and as long as you show your face you're now part of the parish and then you get married and never go again so that's like the yeah. england view on church um yeah so it sounds awesome where you are yeah. i mean that sounds like a, a proper kind of the way it should Wait. be the way it is yeah. intended to be well so it's it's almost the opposite because it's like there's churches on every single corner and so people just go to church and they go through the motions and they're like, uh -huh. yeah, I'm a Christian. Yeah. yeah, I go to church. But it's like, but is your heart in the right place? Uh -huh. <laughs> it's almost like the opposite. It's like, it's such a cultural thing, at least in Nashville, maybe not everywhere in America, right? It might yeah. be more like what you're used to in more East Coast mm -hmm. cities or something. But yeah. it really is like, oh, church is such a big thing. It's such a cultural thing. Everyone does it. So no one really does it, uh -huh. <laughs> if that makes sense, you know? It's such, like, it turns into such, like, lukewarmness and such rituals. It's not really, like, an actual people being on fire for the right reasons. And that's just generalizing, right? Like, that's not the yeah, case yeah. everywhere, obviously. And well, <laughs> you give people a benefit of the doubt, but you kind of start to see that, too, where people are like, yeah, I'm a Christian. It's like, well... Do you believe this? Well, no, of course not. <laughs> it's like, well, uh, it's kind of a core tenet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's no, no I just go to church, man. <laughs> like, but you're not doing anything in your life, like you're saying earlier, like that requires like sacrifice or yeah, exactly. hard work. Requires the work, you know. Yes. Go on, bud. So uh, where where I am in uh, New England, uh, it was it was kind of uh, interesting with you guys talking about uh, like people and they like get married for self. Hang on, you're breaking up a little bit too much there. So we're only yeah. getting like. So I didn't know if it was just me or not. Uh, like maybe a town or two over. Oh, I am. Yeah, it's my internet really bad. I'll, I'll hop by. Yeah, we're getting like every third word. <laughs> yeah. Um, in those moments, I don't know if it's me. Like, I don't know if it's just me. I don't, like, I don't, want, to, I don't want to throw yeah. the flow off if it's yeah. no, I don't <laughs> just think my connection. connection. Yeah. <laughs> um. Cool. Uh, yeah, so, the, I mean, there is no there, there is no religion, but people will say it, it's like the default thing is Church of England. 
So that, it, yeah. you know, people put it on the census form or when you're in hospital or whatever, they'll ask you religion, Church of England. And then people kind of believe in God and they believe, they all know the, the nativity story. So they all know that. And they, they kind of like think there's a God, but also believe in the big bang. So they, they just, and then they, they think Noah's Ark was real, but also nonsense. And they, do you know what I mean? They, they're all over the place with it. Um, so it's it's just a kind of, but I wouldn't I wouldn't say it's like an atheist country because it, I think ge people genuinely believe there is a God, but they also, I think most English people think that God made the Big Bang. That's that's their like, you know what I mean? That's how how, how far out the, they are. All yeah. in one. <laughs> yeah. One one story that really doesn't make sense. Not. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, okay, let's try again, buddy. Oh, he's on mute. Real quick, my my mentor, like my spirit, my guy who's disciple. Is, is it better? All right. Yeah, I can hear you now. Sorry, continue, man. Oh yeah. Well, the, just this powerful thing my mentor says is like nobody's actually an atheist. Like no one's mm -hmm. an atheist. You believe in something. You just don't yeah. believe in God. Like you're believing. Like, and God made us that way. Like God made us to worship. Mm -hmm. and he gives us the free will to choose who we're going to worship, right? We can worship him, <laughs> or we can worship our, like anything else, you know? Yeah. Like anything else that Satan will try mm -hmm. to get you to worship. Science, or this, you know, yourself, or this thing, that thing, this false idol, this false mm -hmm. deity, you know? But there really is no atheist, which is like a powerful concept. I like think that shatters people's minds. Yeah. <laughs> Like shakes them into like a, a new realization of like, yeah, that, and something like the flat earth where it's like, when you finally realize that you're like, it's this powerful truth where you're like, yeah, mm -hmm. that actually reinforces my thing. <laughs> Whoa, that's, that's so true. And now it really makes me believe in God more, you know? And it's like, when it really sinks in that, like, no one is an atheist, you're going to believe in something. Mm -hmm. Then when that truth sinks in, you're like, maybe I should really care about believing in the right thing <laughs> and not being misled and misguided by my beliefs, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so I just wanted to say that. Sorry. Okay. But it, yeah. I don't know. I've never met Scott. Scott wanted to drop some hot, hot knowledge on us, I think, before the connection went out. Now he's on mute, I think. <laughs> yeah. Come on, Boomer, let's go. <laughs> Dude, my my internet my net my internet is so bad right now. It's, uh, it's got that Obama phone. <laughs> you got a Boomer using an Obama phone, man. It's a perfect combination of not working. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <Ugh>. boy. <laughs> You're gonna say something that we didn't hear what you said oh, about something terrible. about churches in New England, right? Oh, uh, what I was saying was, uh, you guys were uh, talking about how girls are uh, using churches as basically like selfies mm -hmm. in terms of like, yeah. oh, like, yeah, and. Uh, and where where I am in Massachusetts, uh, like I'm two towns away over from uh, the Wayside Inn, and there's this beautiful gristmill, 
and chapel that's right next to it. Mm -hmm. And it's used, like, the gristmill is used all the time for wedding photos. Mm -hmm. But you can tell who the religious people are because they take their photos by the chapel, which right, is okay. near the, uh, yeah, which is right next to uh, the very small school where the nurse. Uh, then we're losing you again. Right. Actually, Ryan, Mary had a little late. Yeah, we, we, the only bit I got from that but was Mary. Had a of the gravy here. That's why. <laughs> Man, it's like skipping again, Scott. Yeah. Man. <laughs> Stick it in the chat. Um, if you type it in the chat, it's, it's just uh. It's I'm it's sounding to me that uh, motherfucker. <laughs> we got the first part, but then it kind of chipped out on you, tweaked out on you there for a second. Yeah, I said stick it if you stick it in the chat, and then I can I'll read it out, and then we don't have to worry about internet connections and stuff. Yeah, yeah type it. Yeah. Um, and I did want to say I am going to uh, so I am going to Crush Fest. If anyone out there watching this, I don't, does this go on later? Is this just live only, or does this go as like a, a replay? No, no, it goes on. Uh, we're on Unbearables Media, so it goes on Unbearables okay. Media YouTube. Um, we're trying to get the BitChute channel sorted, but we haven't quite yet. Um, yeah. BitChute's great audio. and horrible at the same time. <laughs> Mm -hmm. <laughs> like posting to well, it and using it and stuff. It's amazing well, and yeah. frustrating also at the same time. It seems like it was made in like 1994. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It yeah. seems like it was made before the internet. Yeah. And then like, like, I love it. I'm like, dude, they haven't censored yeah. anything of mine. I've never heard of them censoring anyone cool or based, you know? Yeah. But man, yeah, it's like really is like really outdated <laughs> technology, but. Yeah, that's cool. But yeah, for anyone watching live or later on, I guess I'm going to uh, Crush Fest in Missouri. And uh -huh. if you're there with me and you see me, you hear my giggle, <laughs> you hear this little giggle, or you see me, come up and say hi. Because I went to the Crush Fest in Western Pennsylvania. And it's uh -huh. like, I don't know anyone. I like walk up and it's literally just like, looks like strangers, you know. Uh -huh. But then I'm like, oh, hi, I'm blah, blah, blah. And they're like, oh, I'm so and so bear. You're like, oh, my god we're like really good friends you know yeah, oh yeah. man we had so many conversations with each other you know you need because I stream and I this, people know me so they come up and they're like telling me like oh that one stream you did or that one thing or we had that one thing you you know you did live that one time but mm -hmm. like for me it's like I, I think that's a common thing at bear meetups though it's not just yeah. myself but it's that it's like we know each other but we don't really it's like I know your name and I know your picture. <laughs> mm -hmm. I've never seen your face. I don't know your voice, you know. So if you are at Crush Fest and you see me, come up and just be like, hey, I'm blah, blah, blah. Can't, you know, I'm so excited to make the internet real life, you know. Um, and then I'll, I'll take over the talk. Hello, my name is, or hello, my bear name is, whatever. Yeah. But yeah, there's a lot of people, you know the name. And you've you've had you've been talking to the names for years, like on the on the 
the internet and stuff, but you've never you never seen them. You never. I mean, this is why I like Angry Birds because at least you get to <laughs> yeah. you get to see yeah. people's faces. You know what I mean? So then yeah, there is a chance that you might bump into them one day. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you want to do some that, quick Sorry. Do you want to do some quick fire questions? I've started doing like quick fires towards the end of the the stream. Yeah. Um, Real quick, I'll just say at the crush yeah. fest, you know, hanging out. I'm finally. It's I think it's like the the second or third day, and it's like okay, I'm kind of learning everyone, meeting everyone new, and kind of catching up with all the people. Like I was saying, and all of a sudden, like we walk up, and uh, Longbow Bear is literally teaching people how to do like bow and arrow, mm -hmm. like teaching people, yeah. you know, how to use the bow. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, oh, that's cool. I'm kind of walking up as they're finishing, you know, so I'm walking up to be like, oh, what's going mm -hmm. on over here? And someone says something and I laugh and this guy turns to me and he's just like, I know that effing laugh. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I think I know that accent. And it turns out it was Titty Bear, you know, so Titty <laughs> Bear showed up late. And it was just yeah. that moment where he's just like, I know that laugh. And I'm yeah. like, I know that accent. <laughs> What's up, man? <laughs> so this is this beautiful moment like that where it's like, I just walk up and I kind of like, I see some dude there. I'm like, oh, I don't know. I don't know who that is. I haven't met him. You know, I've never seen his face ever before. Turns out it's Titty Bear. I know all about him. And we've, you know, talked and stuff on the online. He's heard my laugh a bunch on the streams. So there's those funny moments where it's like, he could be just, I'm like, I don't know who this dude is, just showed up late to this thing. All of a sudden, you're like, actually, we are like good friends, you know? And then for the next, you know, four hours, we're hanging out, having a good time. So if that happens at Crush Fest, hit me up. Oh, if you God. hear my little giggle. No, there <laughs> is a part of me, um, quite a big part of me, with like the, which has a kind of a must be nice with America, with you, all your bear meetups and stuff, because it's just not happening. Yeah. So there is like this fucking yanks with the fucking bear meetups of fucking... Just, do you know what just, I mean? just go get a fake vaccine card and... I know. <laughs> we'll, I'll, we'll I'll smuggle you over. Just swim. 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 Some type of build as well. Maybe. I think a wall was built. I think you might be able to cut through it. I think that. <laughs> I think if you get a saw, you can cut through it. But yeah, there yeah. might be a wall there. <laughs> yeah, that might be my uh, my route through to get through yeah. Mexico. Yeah, man. People do it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be sorted. Right, quick fires. Um, yeah. What's your favorite movie? It actually is and always has been Field of Dreams. So I love when oh. Owen talks about it and how it's that that's become right, like cool. a joke and <laughs> with the, okay, the promos and stuff. I also like um, Rookie of the Year because I grew up like in Illinois as a Cubs fan. I was a baseball right. player, so I was a good Cubs kid baseball film. So those were kind of my two favorite films. Okay, up. so if, if Field of Dreams is your favorite, then you'll know 100% whether it's he will come or they will come. So <laughs> He will come. He I will remember come. that too before. There was a time when Owen was on his streams talking about how it didn't make like the opposite of what he says yeah. now. Yeah, and I yeah. remember thinking, "No, you're wrong." <laughs> One of those rare times where I'm like, "Owen, you're wrong," yeah. because it doesn't make sense for they. Like the whole point is that it's his dad. The whole yeah. point is of the movie is uh -huh. you think it's Joe Jackson. You think he will come because it's Joe Jackson, but yeah. really the end, the final scene is that it's his dad. You know. Mm -hmm. So when Owen like at first was talking about, it, I'm like, "Dude, you're wrong. Like you're so wrong." Yeah. <laughs> And now it's like, oh, okay, he's learned and he's now so right, you know? <laughs> cool. Yeah. Um, 
Right, what's your, you were into your music and stuff, so what's your favourite band? Or, or singer, whichever. Yeah, for a while, I'm kind of changing because now that I'm a Christian, it's kind of tough to like listen to them because yeah, they're not directly anti-Christian, but subtly, but it's a band called The Growlers. Right. Um, just a dope American band. Like They've kind of changed throughout the years, but not. They've done a perfect job of like evolving, but not too crazy. And they're just, their lyrics are really smart, wise, philosophical, philosophical, excuse me, sorry. But just awesome, cool, groovy music that I've like always enjoyed listening to. But there's just some subtle little things, you know, here and there where it's like, yeah, I just really wish you wouldn't believe that <laughs> or say that and they make a music video where they kind of mock christianity it's like oh i really love this song and you had to ruin it with that video you know it's a whole like just, separate I've, always been my favorite band. I've seen them live a bunch they're just amazing live they're kind of i used to be totally like them like stoner southern californian kind of vibe to them so yeah the growlers well, um, was my big so if you could see any band like at their peak live what what would you pick to go and watch Peak live, probably Hendrix. Like probably that right, right in like sixty seven or sixty eight yeah. Hendrix would probably be like just mind blowing, yeah. Yeah. Um Yeah, because it was kinda like it was it was a new sound as well, wasn't it? So it, it, it to be hearing that for the first time. I think James Brown too. That's a good that's a really good question because it's like that's I want I want to answer ten times. But uh yeah. James Brown too, like even before he got super famous, mm -hmm. kind of in that like early sixties when he was yeah. kind of still doing like the black only clubs and really before he got on TV. I mean, some of those clips and stuff, if you go back, it's just so electric. <laughs> it's so electric and it was so new. It was like, you could just see people's brains <laughs> exploding. Yeah. Like who can dance like this and sing like this? And it's so emotional and so talented, you know, and you see the crowd, it's just white people blow, like <laughs> brains melting out of their ears. You're like, what is this? You know? That, like stuff like that would be real cool like in that peak in that moment to see it but then my mom went and saw james brown in like the late 90s and said it was almost like depressing you know he's like an old man and can't sing anymore and can't really dance it's like fat i saw him in um it was a music festival in england um really? kind of like like a woodstocky kind of a festival and he was there was like three different stages and he was on one of the sound, one of the stages as like the last act. It was like a three day weekend thing. Um, and he was on the, as like one of the last acts. It was him. The Manic Street Preachers were on a different stage. And I think the Beautiful South were on a different stage. Um, and he came in in a helicopter, the white, a white helicopter with a, a blue thing on it. And he, he like landed behind the stage. So everyone's like stood in mud and like, you know, you've been camping out for three days and stuff. And then James Brown comes down in his helicopter. Um, and I, I just got bored. Like I went, I left like, because I was really looking for, because I thought like, I'm, I'm not going to get a chance to see James Brown very often. So, you yeah. know, I was looking forward yeah. to seeing it. And I was with my mate and I was like, it's, it's crap, should we go over there? So we just left and like went to like a different stage. <laughs> So yeah, maybe it was better at his peak, but yeah, well, like your mum said, like late nineties, it was yeah, it wasn't great. Um, <laughs> all right, well, guilty pleasure then. So what what music or what song do you like that you really shouldn't, or movie that you like that you really shouldn't admit to? Ooh, John Wick. <laughs> Is that yours, John Wick. 
Well, I like, uh, I really like Peaky Blinders. I'm sure you're right. familiar with that, right? Like, as a show. I've never seen it. Uh-oh. Yeah, I've, I've never seen it. I know what it is. So I, because it's been going for maybe eight years now. So, like, maybe the first couple seasons I watched still when I was in, like, my fallen state and just loved it, obsessed about it. I really, like, I'm kind of like a movie, not really, like, a snob snob. I'm not, like, I don't hate on stuff, really. But I'm really into, like, when movies are, like, all about, like, beautiful cinematography, really Uh good music that matches what's happening, like, just really well made. Like, Breaking Bad is one of my favorite shows because I feel like that's one of those shows. Like, it's just so everything about it, the acting, the writing, the cinematography, yeah. the music, and Peaky Blinders is that. I mean, the music is so cool, like, the, uh... the costumes, the scenery, the act, like, everything is so cool. But then, you know, I become a Christian, and now it's just so, like, godless, and, like, anti-God and violent, and, like, you know, the whole thing is, the whole point of the show is it's, like, an anti-hero, so it's, like, you are so conflicted watching, like, the main character, because you wake up want to be like you're so disgusting and horrible but then the next moment you're like cheering for him and hoping he wins you know and so it's kind of like at this point it's definitely like a guilty pleasure where i'm like i morally (laughs) feel bad when i finish watching an episode like i I finished the whole thing i thought he just did like their final season and it's like i couldn't not watch it and find out what happens and see the final season you know and see what happens to all the characters but i'm also sitting here just like so morally conflicted like yeah this is just so bad and so godless you know and so yeah that would probably be it cool um i've actually (laughs) stayed in the the peaky blinders hotel there was um i mean we went away last year only local we went like we went there's like a seaside town about half an hour away from here so we the wife and me like went away for a couple of days and with the the cheapest kind of nice hotel there. It's called Peaky Blinders and it's above a bar and they've, they've themed it. They've done the whole thing like as if it's set in that time. So the, the bars like looks really old and stuff and there's pictures of them all up the wall and so there's no connection to the show other than like the fella who owns it really likes the show. Um, yeah. So yeah, I've stayed in a Peaky Blinders hotel. I've just never seen Peaky Blinders. Um, all right. So if I, if I go... What was that, son? Well, I've always just been into like, so in America, it's like the prohibition vibe, like the 20s, yeah. 30s vibe. And so you guys didn't have like prohibition. No. So you never really had like that gangster kind of outlaw in the 20s vibe, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's kind of cool having like fi- like a show like that, where it's like that era, that vibe, kind of that mm-hmm. same general theme, but not about just like people who are dealing <laughs> illegal booze <laughs> it's like kind of cool seeing like a different thing like they're yeah our gangsters kind of were, were kind of it was more about like territory and and stuff like that that was a, and and like robbing trains and that you know that, that kind of like the, the, yeah, it's like the first what, wasn't wasn't that wasn't that the welsh and the irish what's that wasn't that the welsh and the irish there was a what were the 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 gangs you mean yeah. There was all sorts. I mean, it, it depends on what part of England it is because the northern part, which is where I am, there was a lot of... You ba- we're, we're basically, we've got Scotland about an hour and a half above where I am. Wales is like half an hour down and over a bit. And then you've got Ireland across the water. So we're kind of like sandwiched between everywhere. So there's always been like fights over territory of, of like what, you know, who owns what and what, you know, the Welsh should go back over there and the Scots are coming down and all that kind of thing. Whereas down south, 
they don't have any of that. Do you mean they're, they're like 300 miles away from Scotland, so it's not a thing. The islands are miles away, so they don't. So they just kind of like fought each other. So it was just like land, you know what I mean. So all, all the the kind of the London based things and stuff was all with like the craze yeah. and the Great Union robbery and all that. It was just it was just kind of get, like almost like New York gangster kind of things rather than actual kind of battles for land and property rights and stuff that we had up here. Um, yeah, that's so interesting to show how they, they talk about, because they're in Birmingham, and it is kind of that centrally located. Like, they're gypsies, like a gypsy family. And they're dealing with, like, the Italians and the Jews down in, you know, it's a different mob faction. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, in the last season, they're dealing with, you know, the the Scottish gang coming down and the Irish yeah. gang, you know. So it is really like they're fighting these different kind of ethnic groups and, like, territorial yeah. gangs. And then there's like ideologies there's like the fascists come in the communists so it really is interesting like seeing them all you know even at the same time fighting these different like ethnic groups religions different you know political ideologies and i just think that's more interesting than in america it was just a bunch of just gangsters <laughs> killing each other over alcohol it's kind of like boring looking back at our stuff you know it's like less interesting <laughs> i watched them did you well, watch World World? Not, uh, not totally yeah yeah, that was a good one. That was that was another show. It was like really good acting, really good music, cinematography. Yeah, is great. Well, that's, yeah. that's what you think of it. But it was, I, I kind of lost touch with it because I, I watched like the first, I don't know, maybe like ten episodes and like that. And I was I was really into it. And I thought it's kind of the same with this. It was kind of like the same things were happening. And it's, I don't like it when there's like big delays for no reason other than just to make it last longer. Do you know what I mean? Where they kind of like the the. You could sum all this up in two hours, and yeah, you're right. making it last for like two <laughs> seasons. <laughs> so you, you made you basically made a movie into like a two season show, um, and that's, and then so when you start noticing that, like with you know what I mean, within a within a series, you can't shake it off. And it's just you know, like they're, they're ripping me off a bit here, like because they're not they're going to give me like a snippet of, of new yeah. information in each episode so i've got to watch each one it's like a magazine subscription or something um <laughs> yeah all right if i were to go to 15 year old sean's bedroom what posters are on your wall <laughs> i had some cool i was a, i was a big sports player so i had like some, some uh cool but like cool sports posters i had mm -hmm. the muhammad ali the famous you know muhammad ali standing over yeah. the guy it's a, i think it's frazier He's like standing over him all menacingly. Mm -hmm. But I had a really cool one of my favorite posters was um actually the Who is I, I want it's not Keith Moon, who's the guitar player for the Who? Who's kind of he, I guess he turned into a pedophile. <laughs> um, yeah. There's this cool post, like black and white poster of him like like stabbing his guitar what into his guitar. amp. <laughs> I can't think it's like on the tip and the name is like famous yeah. on the tip yeah, of the yeah. top. Grungy's in the chat and Joe's in the chat, so one of you two should get the Who. <laughs> the guitarist in the Who, and he's like, there's a famous one, there's a famous picture, it's a famous scene too, but he's like yeah, stabbing his amp with his guitar, and there's like some holes in the guitar, you know, in the amp, you know? So that's some cool, like, like weird stuff like that, but the coolest poster I had was, my, I'm not going to say the whole story, but like my mom used to work for a campus newspaper. And our right. campus football team was like good, like not great. Sometimes it'd be really bad. Once in a while, they were good. 
but they had one really good season with these really lovable players, uh, college football team. So college, young mm-hmm. college. And my mom worked at the university and got them to actually sign this really cool poster of these guys like coming out of the tunnel, getting ready to play a, a game, really big game. They won a big game. So this cool picture of like the cool guys on this cool, fun team going out to play this awesome game. This like famous one that they won. It's real cool. They're real, you know, ready for battle kind of pose. And then my mom got all three of them to sign it, you know? So it was this awesome, cool picture. And I hung it over like my, like where I left. My my room went downstairs, Uh you know? So I was like on the second floor, I went downstairs. So as you're going downstairs, it's like that was right there. So it's like the coolest poster to like start my day. Like, yeah. (laughs) And I was like a 15 year old athlete sports boy. It was like this cool, you know, touch the Notre Dame. I'm like, play like a champion today. You know, you're like, yeah, getting pumped up, like walking out of the tunnel. Like those guys were, you know, so that was always my favorite. poster. Have you kept kept that poster? The what? Did you keep hold of it or is it like Got missing along I've the way. Tried throughout the years because I've moved so much. Yeah. I've always tried to keep them, but then inevitably they slowly start ripping and tearing. And you know, you fold them up and they get warped. And that one specifically got water spilled on it. So it's kind of like uh I had it for the longest time though, yeah. Right. Then I got into a vibe because my posters would all get ripped up that mm-hmm. I kind of like that. So I could probably mm-hmm. take you on a tour. I mean, let me show you something in my in my apartment. So there's one post. So then I got it. There was a phase where I got into like getting famous art posters. Mm-hmm. And I liked ripping them on purpose. So if you can see this, so I have like kind of this, these like funny little artistic little things. But right. I got into this. Like, do you see how it's like ripped on purpose yeah. almost? <laughs> like, it's cool art. Like, I, you know, yeah. like, it's like that, that famous Starry Night photo, but it's like mm-hmm. ripped. Right. <laughs> I almost like that. Like it's cooler than you know up here where it's almost like perfect. Like these perfect yeah. artistic things. I actually kind of gotten this vibe of like ripping my posters on purpose to be like more hipster oh, and cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like so um, I kind of got to that vibe where I kind of started ripping my posters on purpose and keeping them. <laughs> yeah, it's like people who have like a battered suitcase with a load of stickers on it and stuff, isn't it? It's, it's like it, it just gives it more character. Yeah. <laughs> No, That's like it's, it's like hipster cool, you know. It's like yeah. <laughs> it's more real, and, uh, right? <laughs> there was a when I was younger. There was a um, any English people will know this. I, I I doubt you'll you will have heard of it, but there was there was basically there was a singer called Louise, um, and she was like I I had like the biggest crush on her as like a kid, um, <laughs> well like, like a teenager yeah. really. But my um family we it was always like there was no way i could ever put a girl put a post of a girl up in my room it was just like it was just too embarrassing i was like that kind of family do you know what i mean um yeah. <laughs> but i really wanted to post it and you know when you used to go to the music shops and you used to like flick through like the posters on the thing and so there was like there was always yeah. two posters of the boys and he used to just look at them like oh, i'd love that on my wall so then i thought fuck it i'm gonna buy it so i bought this i bought this poster and like as a got it because we got i got it in the roll i ripped it and i took it home and i said like look <laughs> and like, i was in this music shop and i was talking to the man about like how i like louise's music because she was on the radio and he said well this post is damaged so you can have it if you want and that was like my story of how i got this louise post <laughs> yeah. and so then I, 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 
put it up on my wall, but because I'd already ripped it, so I'm putting like this deliberately ripped Louise poster on my wall. But it stayed, it stayed up for a few years. Um, but yeah, I was, I was too embarrassed to just buy a Louise poster, so I had to pretend that some, <laughs> some weirdo in a music shop had given it to me. Yeah, you're like, it's, there's no shame attached to this. I get it. Yeah, it's exactly. Not my fault. I, no, this is good. It's free. I'm getting free stuff. <laughs> Surely that's a good thing. Yeah, I'm not I had a to. Free. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they gave it to me. <laughs> um, right, if you could time travel to any point in history, where would you go? I think the twenties. I actually like we like we were saying like the twenties and thirties in America. Even though it was like depression, <laughs> gangsters, and like hard living, you know, I was just a cool vibe. I've always just been a fan of that. Like you know, those pinstripe suits and stuff, those peaky hats. <laughs> that I would vibe was people cool. Did, if people did dress like that, because it. Stand if, if if that's true, if like everyone in the twenties, because you I you see old clips of like old soccer games yeah. and stuff like where they've got like grainy footage from like the thirties. Everyone in the crowd's got like a bowler hat on and stuff and like a, yeah. a suit. In fact, yeah. if that was true, so if that's genuinely how everyone dressed, like standards have slipped a lot like, from then to but now. Because uh, I yeah. I am really into, I'm really into that fashion too, that all that mm-hmm. stuff. But uh, there's you can look up old pictures of farmers. Like, if you look up, like, Dust Bowl farmers, they're wearing, like, nicer clothes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah, they, it's kind of dirty, you know, or, yeah, that's, like, overalls. But they're wearing, like, dress shirts with overalls as they're, like, farming. <laughs> yeah. You know? In an American oh, app, you're, like, looking like, at a a T-shirt. Sorry? What you was it? I think it's broken up again. I'm like it. What'd you, what'd you say? I didn't hear what you said or asked. I don't know. I think he's broken up. Yeah, well, what I was saying was both my granddad, when, when they were alive, they they always had a shirt and tie on. Um, You know, whenever you went around to their house, they, they weren't going anywhere. They just had a shirt and tie on or, or like yeah. a, a smart sweater <laughs> on top of whatever. I mean, they weren't dressed like us. So I'm wondering, yeah. like, if when we're old, like when we're like, you know, 80, 90, whatever, in a rocking chair, are we going to be wearing like, baseball caps and hoodies and do you know I mean is that going to be like how old people dress now it's just a weird kind of concept it's like old people with tattoos it's just an odd thing really um give us one sick all right yeah, last one then. Um, that's a Pete Townsend that's who it was yeah Pete Townsend Townsend um, the pedophile was on the tip of my tongue yeah I couldn't yeah <laughs> <laughs> All right, last one then. What would be your last meal? So you're on death row. You can have whatever you want. What would be <laughs> your last meal? I would have a nice big steak, and it would be well done. <laughs> Finally. It's only taken a well done meat. steak. God intended. Right. Overcook. Cook the meat. <laughs> right, everybody... The most divisive take. Everyone always hates on me for my opinion is I'll eat a steak if you put it in front of me. If you ask me how to cook it, like at your house, or if I'm cooking it for myself, I order it well done. I make it well done. If I'm at a restaurant, I usually just say medium. One of those things where I don't want to like offend the cook, you know? I don't want to offend people or cause a, cause drama in the kitchen. You know? ah. like, 
because that's such so a hot, hot contention thing. So I kind of just so eat whatever <laughs> my steak, however. But if I had to choose, it would be a yeah. well done steak with uh, a one sauce or some kind of co- good barbecue, good, good steak sauce with it. You know. It sounds like you're well done, Jason. Though, if you if you if you're so easy to. <laughs> Throw yeah. away your values when you're in a restaurant. Yeah, I'm a lukewarm, well done kind of guy. You know, like <laughs> I'm a lukewarm believer in the well done uh, supremacy. Like, well because well a lot, a lot of the, a lot of the bears are well done deniers. So yeah, yeah, I've, I've seen that. You're I've well seen people be really wrong about that out there in the bear community. <laughs> yeah, quite aggressive as well. I've been I've been on the end of uh, quite a lot of aggressiveness from me like of how I like to put my thing. Yeah. I mean they're, they're totally like they're fully on board with a medium rare steak. That there's no like <laughs> I mean yeah. if I if I don't if you don't like medium rare, I can't like medium rare. It's that kind of like thinking with it. I mean it's yeah, it's very odd. Um but yeah, so I can now retire as a host of Hanging with Bears because I finally found someone. <laughs> that was my one. You, you just experienced the greatest guest ever with just exactly. one clip, clip this and, and post it as the greatest guest of all time. <laughs> I mean, this, you are on your mission. My mission was to find someone in the world who had a well done scene. And um, yeah. it's yeah. now complete. So, yeah, final, final ever episode, people. Um, I, can't, I can't go any further. Thank you very much, Sean. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much for having me, man. This is great. Right. Cool. Um, if anyone's got any questions, just stick them in the chat. Otherwise, we'll turn we on because we've been going like nearly two and a half hours, I think. Um, and this is cool. I've never done the Telegram live thing. I'm relatively new to it. We started doing it about two months ago, something like that. Um, it's it's good. The only the only issue is I've got to have two devices going just so I can see like the chat. So when I'm looking down, I'm not like ignoring you. I'm just looking at the I've got my laptop. Yeah, on. Um, that's what I'm. I, I'm trying to figure out how to read the chat while I do the thing. You can so like lower what... the the window things down, um, or you can just close the not close you, but if you press at the top, right. this video chat, it'll like close the screen down, but you're still on. You just can't see it. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. People are just enjoying the chat. That's good. Um, <laughs> name is first Bertaria Times National. All right. So Joe, Joe has to come in and kill the mood completely by correcting you. So John, <laughs> you keep calling it Crush Fest, but the name is First Bertaria Times National Festival. Actually. So yeah. So thanks for that, yeah. Joe. Thanks for killing the mood. <laughs> All right, very tired. Festival, okay. okay, okay. Has everyone got it? Has everyone got that? We don't want to upset Joe. It was because um, Crush Fest was. I actually met Joe at the at the uh, West Pennsylvania Bear Meetup, which was called Crush Fest Fourth of July thing. So I guess that that is true because I guess when I say Crush Fest, it's like, do you mean the one you just went to or the one you're going to? Uh-huh. But um. Yeah, I just I just keep calling it the Missouri Bear Fest or the Missouri Crush Fest, and then to me the Pennsylvania Crush Fest is something else, you know. No matter what, it's a festival, and we're crushing, so it's a Crush exactly. Fest, you know. <laughs> you can you can put whatever name you want on it, but it is a Crush Fest regardless, without a doubt, you know. <laughs> I mean, when you're 
surely the point of like teaching someone something or, or, or preaching or, or whatever is so that that person then goes on and tells someone else. So I've done my bit with Hanging With Bears and I've found someone, I've found a, a well-done steak person. So your job at these Crush Fests or was it Bertaria Times National Festivals is to spread <laughs> the word and recruit more well-done steak people because there's, there's too many homosexual bears. <laughs> Yeah. who like to suck on juicy meat so <laughs> we need to recruit some more well-done people i will say what mm -hmm. would turn me on to that is so in san diego the big thing is carne asada you know like the real right. thin steak and right. it's real seasoned yeah. just yeah. amazing you know san diego mexican is like the best mexican texans will argue with me but tex-mex is gross compared to like TJ, Tijuana style, mm -hmm. <laughs> West Mexican, Mexican food is the best. And it just, the carne asada is real thin. So by default, it has to be well done. Right, you know, yeah, so it's yeah. all really well done, really like amazing, like, like flavors to it. And so yeah. after that, I was just like, there's just no going back. I just like steaks mm -hmm. like this now, even if it's not yeah. flat, like carne asada, I just like my steak, my whole steak to be like that, you know? Um, but like I said, if you put any, if you put like a, a medium, medium rare in front of me, I'll eat it. I mm. won't be as happy. <laughs> I won't be as satisfied. I'll be a little disappointed, but like I'll eat it. You know, I'm not too um, picky. I just won't chew it the same. That's the. the you know, I'll, I'll chew <laughs> it like eight out of ten, not a ten out of ten. You yeah, know? Exactly. You're like a seven out of ten. <laughs> then, I, I'm sorry, guys. I go on. Uh, I, I'm just gonna say I I disagree. I like my steak still mooing. Yeah, yeah. Like you guys, you guys keep on going. You guys keep on going about well done, and I'm like, no, <laughs> no way. <laughs> See, one day you'll 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 talk into a well done steak, and you'll remember this conversation, and you'll think all these years I've wasted just. Sucking juices off meat, like some <laughs> diving homosexuals. Yeah. But I mean, I hope we're we're here to help. This is our this is our mission. Um, so it, you know, hopefully you enjoy Weldon steak one day. Have you ever had a Weldon steak, sir? Uh, yes. It's too tough. I mean, not 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 that I can't have it, like. I mean, a, a steak's a steak, but uh, beta. Would I prefer it not being cooked, cooked as shit? But yeah, beta. I mean, do, do you put do you put do, do you put ketchup no, on your steak? No, no, so just chili. Just pour a load, load of chili, load of pepper. Get it so that it burns your mouth as you're chewing it many, many times. So you, you you're in agony when you finish with it. Um, <laughs> you know I can go without if it's cooked if it's cooked right has like the right you know good seasoning on it or something. But I do. I'm a, I'm an A one guy. I like the A one sauce, and then I also like barbecue sauce. A good good buddy of mine oh, told me to I check out it. And in Nashville, yeah. like we have a really good assortment of barbecue sauces. Everyone's into their right. barbecue sauces. So I went to my my buddy's house. 
told him, cook my steak well done. <laughs> I got made fun of. He cooked it that way anyway. It was the best steak there out of like five dudes who had steak that night. But we all tried it because he was like adamant about try it with barbecue sauce. Try it with this. And it was like a Carolina flavored, like a Carolina smokehouse flavored barbecue sauce. And it was bomb. And my well done steak went so well <laughs> with the Carolina barbecue sauce. So I wouldn't do that every time. I don't go out of my way. That's not like my thing, but I will just say, like, I've tried it a couple times now. And it's pretty good barbecue sauce. Cool. The well done I steak. Know, I, just don't like, I don't like sauces. I don't like ketchup. I don't like barbecue. My lad puts barbecue sauce on everything. I mean, like everything. He'll just square barbecue <laughs> sauce. With it. But I, I, just, I can't stand it. I don't like, I don't like wet things. Yeah, what I was going to ask you before is San Diego. Um, I put it on my eggs. <laughs> I put a barbecue sauce on my eggs now. I put yeah, it on my right. pizza, dip my pizza. <laughs> and then uh, what was the other thing? Uh, my macaroni and cheese, I've been mixing with it now too. So everyone, right. like, now that I'm in Nashville, it's like the same. It's kind of like that. It's like whatever you're eating, just find a way to use some kind of barbecue sauce with it. <laughs> it's pretty good. Usually it's pretty good. I've never done this before in my life. So I'm new to the, the BBQ game. What were you going to say like about your sauce today? Um, <laughs> yeah, what would you like with your sauce? Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> it, yeah um, instead of barbecue, I just use butter. It's what? You, yeah. you put, I, I've never understood the butter on steak. I've never, I've never got that. I mean, I get it, but I just uh, don't, I don't get it at the same time. I don't. Yeah, Joe Gagan asked Wits in Nashville. Yeah, Wits is pretty good. It's not the best barbecue in Nashville. Not even close, but it's pretty good. It's called Wits. Right. Is that a chain? Is it or? I think it's like oh, a local, like one of those ones where there's a, there's quite a Whoa. few in and around the area, but it's not like a chain. How, how do, you, how do you guys? Oh, he's breaking up. Are we ever going to know? <laughs> breaking up. Right as he yeah, started asking. Um, yeah, is San Diego worth going to? Because I've, I've been to San Diego once, and I went to and I went to SeaWorld and then drove back up to LA. So I've, I've, driv I've like driven through parts of San Diego. But is it, it looks like a cool place to go, but because uh, we've thought about like going and, and staying there for a few days and stuff over in California. Um, but is That's it, an is amazing it kind of like a, Yeah, it it does seem like really good. It seems like kind of Mexican enough to make it interesting. Yeah, <laughs> it's definitely the best. What, what do you guys city in California on the coast? <laughs> it's like like still, to have with pork. Okay, what do we like to have with pork? Um. I don't overly. What do you guys like with pork? Yeah, um, I don't overly eat pork, but if I do, I'll just have it plain. I'll just have like a, a pork shop and then potatoes. Not potatoes. Did you catch that? Do what? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I try not to. I've actually stopped eating pork. I just really? like in my life, I don't really like, like I'm not crazy. <laughs> like I'm not Muslim about it, you know, but mm -hmm. like, I just kind of do think like pigs are kind of gross. So I try yeah. not to eat pork. I try to just eat like fish, chicken, beef, lamb, mm -hmm. and then buffalo. The, but the big thing out here in Tennessee is bison. 
for some reason the state of tennessee has been really big about like paying farmers to do bison so there's all this really good like local grass-fed authentic you know fresh Mm -hmm. bison meat everywhere so i've been really getting into that and then deer jerky you know deer hunting is big out here so having like deer meat and deer jerky but Mm -hmm. i try not to eat pork anymore i just don't <laughs> like if someone makes breakfast for me and like bacon is on the plate, I'm not gonna like not eat it. <laughs> but I don't yeah, I don't really eat pork anymore. But I would I would probably put barbecue sauce on it. I mean I put barbecue sauce on mac and cheese and on my eggs. So like yeah, I'm putting it on the pork too, you know. <laughs> I eat my steak with barbecue sauce, so <laughs> I'm gonna be eating pork with it as well. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't really eat pork. I never have done really. Um but again, I'm not for no reason. I just don't. It's just something that I don't really bother with. Um, right, cool. Okay, dog. Do you want to tell people where they can get your channel and stuff like what was it? Do you mean the the link to Sean's channel is in the bear channel links anyway? Um, but you're on YouTube and you you're everywhere, aren't you? Yeah, I try to put it out. Actually, Coddington's, he's been on my show a couple times, three times. Mm-hmm. And he's going to come back um, in about a month. Uh, he'll be on the, the fourth. But one of the best things of advice he gave me on my stream when he was on was just put your stuff out everywhere mm-hmm. and don't stop. You know? mm-hmm. <laughs> Even when they censor you and they kick you off and it's clear they don't want you there, just keep mm-hmm. putting it out there. Keep putting what's good, true, and beautiful out there everywhere. Use the beast resources against itself. You know, if there's a, a veteran in this battle, it's God, you know? Um, so big shout out to him. And yeah, that's kind of been my philosophy ever since, thanks to him, is just put it on everything and make them take it down and even still try to get back on and keep putting your stuff out there. So I'm pretty much everywhere. I like to focus on, I like BitChute, I like Gab, I like Telegram. I like the companies that have kind of proven themselves not to like yeah. bend <laughs> and be totally sold out and hollowed out and you know willing to just ban people um so i'm still on the other grappled stuff like d live and twitch and youtube but i just kind of don't care i don't have any loyalty to them i just kind of put it there because i know people watch that and use those platforms but uh-huh. i like to prefer to like send people to like gab you know tried yeah. true christian company bit shoot tried and true company um odyssey has been pretty dope seems to be a pretty legit company um rumble i'm new to rumble but even that seems to be a pretty based <laughs> not very censorship filled even oh, though they did censor Owen company so yeah i'm on all those things my links are either on my website or on my link tree so it's link tree link you know l-i-n-k-t-r dot e-e slash seanathan cory is my name um or seanathan cory.com on all the links and stuff so if you ever want to hear my live streams and it's kind of the same as Owen, you can watch it as like a video stream or I put the same audio up as a podcast. So people usually prefer to do the podcast version, the audio version, but um, yeah, check me out, find me. You can debate me, <laughs> get in my comment section and be like, you're so wrong about this. And I will respond. I will debate you. I have like discords and telegrams. Like if you want to come and talk, like I, I always love talking. I like debating, very philosophical. I'm very Christian and missionary minded. So I will preach the gospel to you. I'm not sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> but if you want to talk and discuss, if you have questions, I'm always like available on my different various social feeds and stuff. Uh, and I just did a hundred episodes. So I just had my hundredth episode um, last week. So I'm now pushing past and 
going forward to maybe another hundred more, you know, <laughs> I'll never catch up to Owen, or <laughs> but I might get to a couple hundred eventually, you know. No, that's a, yeah, it's an awesome even hundred episodes is, it's, I mean, it's a lot of time. It's a lot of yeah. commitment. Yeah. No, no, congratulations. And I try to, sometimes I'm just ranting and rambling about stuff. And sometimes I like read books and kind of almost like a book report. <laughs> sometimes I have like very like well thought out topics where I kind of, basically write a essay and kind of read it off and then maybe share my thoughts. And I write blogs too. So sometimes I'll talk about whatever blogs I just posted. So I like to put effort <laughs> into my stream. Um, I'm not totally into like just rambling and being nonsensical all the time, even though sometimes that's good. But um, yeah, just kind of doing that no, again, just trying to put good, beautiful things out there, maybe inspire people and maybe help people in some way with my blogs and, streams and stuff no i mean a hundred episodes of anything is is an achievement but you're i mean I, I remember when you first started off um i don't even remember there was like maybe one or two of us like watching at any point and stuff do you know what i mean like we did sort of like bounce in and out and stuff so to 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 keep that open and to, to you know what i mean to grow your audience and to get to a hundred episodes across multiple platforms you know, yeah. that's a real achievement so no congratulations <laughs> on that and dads um, along the way. Yeah, yeah, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, there's been a bunch of bears. Anchor Bear's been on. He's going to be on again. Um, Berserker Bear's been on a couple times. Row Bear's been on. Cod's been on. So if you want to scroll through my feed, you can have, there's a bunch of different, you know, interesting bears yeah. that we had some really fun well, conversations. Let's just stick the link in this, in the Anchor Bears chat as well. Um, just in yep. case anyone yep. has to do it. Um, cool. You're having Cod on. Cod's coming on here. Um, a week on thir- so two weeks today, Cod will be on here. Um, yeah, I'll catch it, and then he'll be doing you a couple of weeks later, I think, or, or whatever it is. So that'd be cool. So. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's fun to talk to. Yeah, he's really That's funny, and he's really smart. It's a really good yeah. combination of like, like literally half of me is like, okay, come on my stream, Cod, because I need you to like teach me stuff. Uh-huh. <laughs> and half of it like yeah just like be funny <laughs> like authentically funny you know <laughs> but also like i need you need to teach me how to like, like upload something <laughs> i'm not i'm too bored <laughs> yeah. all right buddy um well thank you for coming on you're welcome back anytime you want um so much. Have had a great time cool uh yeah, yeah we've got well like, to take the premacy for the win <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna keep this sticker on as well. Yeah. I think I'm just just for you. Yeah. <laughs> Very end of you, but okay, okay. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, when when you order a well done steak in a restaurant, I'll take the sticker off. I can't okay, yeah. fair. <laughs> I'll take a picture of it right next to my barbecue yeah. sauce on the side. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, buddy. All right, brother. Yeah, have a good night. Right. Thank you again. Take care.